0: Welcome to Plato's Cave. I'm Jordan Myers, and I'm a master's student in philosophy at the University of Houston. You're listening to a reading group episode of the show, which means that in this episode, I discuss political philosophy with two non-philosopher friends, Adam and Giffen, because philosophy shouldn't just be for philosophers. So with that introduction, please enjoy our discussion of political philosophy. you know what I wanted to ask before we start? Um, cause like, I thought it'd be interesting and I forgot to ask this at the beginning of the, uh, like the previous episode, but since we're doing like a, um, a series on political theory, I don't know. I thought it'd be kind of interesting just to like really, really briefly say why we're interested in that. Cause like I, cause it's something that like political theory I've only tangentially explored you know in undergrad stuff you know there have been like readings on it in the context of other classes or you know the colorado seminar i did this summer there were readings that touched on political topics and everything but uh so that's and and obviously like another interest of mine is all of the connections it has to moral responsibility you know like we've been talking about but i mean because giffen you were like you were the most enthusiastic about this series in particular so maybe maybe we say something about like why
1: Um, I'd say I was interested in political philosophy uh, because it informs how you view like the world and the institutions we have in our society and thus can allow you to better identify what aspects and how certain aspects are failing us, basically.
0: Mm -hmm. It's also the most practically applicable area of philosophy, maybe. I mean, besides interpersonal stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, this is like civilization level. um, Yeah theory,
1: it will have impact. And for me, it's
2: kind of like, kind of two-pronged in a sense, where I want to kind of grapple with the feasibility of some of the political theory and also, you know, study the kind of underlying ethics um, that kind of undergird different political theories so, because I think like once I figure out exactly mm. which values mm. undergird certain political theories, then I'll be able to better align my own views with those. Because I, I, at this that's point, a good I good point. Because I'm pretty sure I know where I, you know, which which values I I hold as paramount at this point. Um, so, I, I, it would be good to find which political theory aligns best with those values, but also seems most feasible in practice. You know,
1: yeah, so that's that's, that's I mean, probably. That think uh-huh. even even more broadly, you can just kind of explore um, all the assumptions, not even just like the moral ones that undergird different mm-hmm. political philosophies, because those yeah. are things are malleable over, you know, large stretches of time. You know, what true. was true for the Romans may not be true for <clears throat> us. And that can inform, you know, your views.
0: It's actually an interesting way in which amoral values can become moral, right? Like like um, efficiency isn't intrinsically a moral value, but in the context of competing political theories, it could actually become a moral value, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And and I just, I mean, I I hadn't thought about this before we started, but um, I think maybe I, I have the most disdain for actual politics at least like you know discussing them because everything comes down to like what's you know what's 51% of the population going to vote for and like how do we actually implement this and stuff and like I kind of hate a lot of discussions because of all of those nitty-gritty concerns but this is a nice area where you can obviously import those concerns but they're not the entire conversation also you know what I mean
2: yeah and even like in the paper we're about to discuss here. I mean, there are pronouncements made by the author about how society should function, mm. but there were kind of points where I'm like, exactly how does the author see that obtaining? Right. So, but, but then like you, they actually, you know, she throws in a line here or there where you're like, oh, okay. I actually see how that could work. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. it that's kind of where I'm interested in the feasibility of it, where it's like, here's the idea. And I, without going into, you know, immense detail, it's like, okay, I can see why that specific, you know, idea would work. Um, yeah. So,
0: okay. So let's get into it. So the paper, the lengthy paper that we're talking about is what is the point of equality by Elizabeth Anderson. And this was published in 1999 in ethics, which is obviously, uh, was, and still is the top moral and political philosophy journals. So this was, um, this was a banger of a paper. In in to not mince words, but also blanket apology because Adam, you are coming off of COVID, and I am on the upswing of COVID. So Giffen, assuming no you, excuse for me, assuming you <laughs> don't have COVID, you, you, we have no excuse, or you have no excuse for for the brain fog that Adam and I have. So I'll do some heavy editing on this episode and try to make us sound reasonable, but. Oh, but yeah, also the I mean, the problem with that is is that this paper is what it's some fifty it's odd 50 pages, pages. Yeah. yeah, it's bulky, so which is gonna add like a you know an additional spin to trying to actually discuss a paper that is that long. Um, so okay, I thought maybe the reasonable way to do it was m- maybe um say, how I understood the overall structure of the paper. And then she does give <clears throat> at, at the end of um, uh, page 288 into 289. She she does give a lot of really good kind of ground laying, I think of what she's going to do. And then, and then honestly, after that, I mean, you know, it's a long paper, we can't move through it systematically. So yeah. do, do you guys think that's reasonable?
1: Yeah, I can okay. um start if you prefer. I have a, a decent way to begin, I think. Okay, yeah, do it then. Yeah. yeah so basically the paper is structured um as two halves. Almo- and the page count roughly agrees with that as well. The first half is she critiques luck egalitarianism and then the second half she proposes democratic equality. Hmm. Um based on her, crit- her and her critique of luck egalitarianism informs like the structure of democratic equality um so in the first like pages she mentions like four main lucky Galitarians that she criti- she will critique um ronald dworkin philip van paris or pre richard arneson and ga cohen are all uh i think those are the main four that she will critique over the paper um so with that in mind she basically says that all of like these authors and like lucky egalitarians broadly are kind of missing the point of what Mm. egalitarianism is supposed to be about um and we can kind of define like egalitarianism shortly but um really what Mm. she's saying is the point of like equality you know in egalitarianism is to end oppression and she observes that oppression is a social construct
3: Mm. So
1: that's kind of the main key here I don't know how much time we really want to spend on lucky egalitarianism. We can kind of pick out our favorite examples of like just odd claims from like the those four main authors, unless she critiques or whatever you prefer. But real, the, her main point is, again, the point of equality is to end oppression, which is a social construct. And so her
0: version of egalitarianism is informed by that. That's the goal of it. Maybe we can do the it, thing where we say generally what our thoughts are about the paper, because I don't know if this is me or the COVID talking, but I genuinely don't know wholly what I think about this paper. Like, it, overall, it has sort of a dimly positive direction, but I kind of want to explore a lot of the ways in which she argues for her conclusions, because I don't even necessarily know that I disagree with her conclusions as much as the way she argues for them. But, but I, again, I don't know... <laughs>
2: how much (laughs) that's
0: me talking or not
2: and even then like what exactly do you mean because like do you do you agree with her conclusions with regard to her critiques of luck egalitarianism or do you agree Mm. with her conclusions when it comes to you know um you know uh
0: the positive equality yeah equality as a capability approach instead of the yeah i i think what i disagree with more i it seems And again, this could change by the end of the episode because I read this, you know, a week ago and then COVID or whatever, right? So currently my dim understanding is that I think I agree a lot with where she ends up, but I'm not sure that her critiques of luck egalitarianism, A, are always valid, but B, always kind of result in the positive proposal she puts forth. I don't know these. These just kind of things like I'm, I'm, you know, trying to flag and table for us to like keep in mind for my own application. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely, and I think I agree with half of that to the point where I don't think that her critiques in all cases necessarily prescribe her sort of perspective, right? Mm. But also, I actually, in fact, agree with the critiques themselves of luck egalitarianism. Like, I pretty yeah. much agreed with all of them. I, I didn't. I think. You know, going off what Giffen was saying, I think there were largely, largely critiques of the paternalism and
0: that was my and, biggest one. I wanted to look at yeah, and kind yeah. of pity
2: based um, um, justification for redistribution. Mm. And I, I found those to be kind of lacking as well. Like I, I agreed with her that I didn't think those were good justifications, and I think yeah. that that really was much of the foundation for luck egalitarianism so i i kind of agree with that critique so you know what
0: you know what i thought was actually very serendipitous with this paper coming off of the moral responsibility stuff is you could largely view a lot of this debate as a very analogous conversation between different kinds of incompatibilists and compatibilists about moral responsibility right like the luck there's a way in which the luck egalitarians can split into kind of two groups. Almost there's like the Galen Strawson ones. And then there's the, uh, the more optimistic ones, like, like, you know, early summers or like Dirk Paraboom. Um, and then, then there's what she kind of comes out of the wash as where, uh, cause I mean, we'll get to this, but I read her prescription as not focusing so much on sort of, luck in the sense that like you would focus on deterministic details, but more about compatibilist Mm -hmm. capabilities of people. So not all of her conclusions would be satisfying to someone who's focused on, you know, luck and determinism and chance. Like her solutions wouldn't be as uh, satisfying to like a Sam Harris free will denier, but they would be more amenable to like a compatibilist, um, like a, you know, John Martin Fisher, Harry Frankfurt, Gary Watson, something like that. So I, th- I actually think the analogies are pretty cool between this, this and the last series.
2: Definitely. And I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys had the same instinct. Um, I mean, obviously it's in a different context. You can't do this, but I definitely had like the slight instinct to deny or reject the dichotomy of optional and brute luck. You know what I mean? Whatever, of you know, course. Like, I, I, there's it, margins oh, are filled sure. with that Cause, Yeah, because yeah, it was like, whenever that came up, I'm like, oh, yeah, what's the difference, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. 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 so you know, <laughs> in the context of our previous discussions, so. I,
0: of course, uh, I agree. Yeah, I yeah, there's I mean, there's, you know, there's too many it, margins, but there's got to be somewhere where it's just, you know, it's all. Brute luck somewhere I have. Yeah, but I
1: like the fact that she kind of was like, it doesn't really matter either because I mean, like the luck part shouldn't be the focus. Yes. So she's like, let's even if there will continue to be a conversation about like that difference, it's tangential to equality because it doesn't matter. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Which is which is good because I mean, based, I don't, I can only assume that in like the 90s, like luck egalitarianism, it was just a big conversation surrounding this Mm -hmm. given on how popular this paper was. So it's good for her to just kind of like. Say, all right, like we need to go in this direction. Like yeah. enough of, enough of that aspect. Like a decade of papers on brute versus option luck is <laughs> be a little bit
0: mind-numbing. So um, so she there there's two synonyms for the same view that she's critiquing, right? There's yes. equality of fortune, yes, and then there's luck egalitarianism, and those are the same view, but they go under different names.
1: Yeah, I, I'm guessing that like the literature.
0: I like the um, latter
1: has yeah. two <laughs> yeah lucky egalitarianism, I think is my preference. but basically they the the rough definition is basically um whether the point of equality is to compensate people for undeserved bad luck, right? Whatever yeah. that may be.
0: misfortune um, is her is the term she uses a lot, right.
1: Yes. Should you be compensated for misfortune, and is mm. that the goal of equality? yeah, and she basically says, no, this is not really the conversation we should be having. It's about oppression, a social construct. Yeah. yeah. And we should also be careful. Like
2: we, 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 we don't actually know for sure that they're the same. Um, I,
0: okay, cause the thing yeah. is they're the at thing least close is, enough.
2: They're, they're definitely close enough, but at the same time, like, mm. there were distinctions made about the different, you know, scholars that she's critiquing, of course, where yeah. I'm not exactly sure whether they would all describe themselves yeah. as, you know, lucky egalitarians mm. or, you know kind of uh, equality of fortune those
1: words. terms were probably <clears throat> made by these authors to distinguish within the realm That's of what anderson yeah. calls lucky egalitarianism right but That's she's like true. they're they're the same with respect to equality because they're wrong <laughs> so that were. is a good point though like if you just kind of fall within lucky egalitarianism you're probably you might be a little upset if kind of just saying one or the other
0: it, we yeah. we might we might sound as ignorant as someone criticizing just compatibilism generally, as though there weren't different types within there. You know, it, yeah, so, so, right. so blanket apology for it. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a good. That's a really good point. She um, she she does say explicitly. This is on page two ninety that luck egalitarianism. I thought this was was very clear. Mm-hmm. Luck egalitarianism relies on two moral premises, that people should be compensated for undeserved misfortunes and that the compensation should come only from that part of others' good fortune that is undeserved. So the point that she's like really, really making stark there is that luck egalitarianism, as she portrays it again, because we're grossly unfamiliar with the literature, but she's laying it out that it only has one lens through which to view everything and that's luck, right? So we should take her basic idea. And I don't think she's obviously not saying that this group is advocating for equity, that is like a quality of outcome, but they're advocating that the parts of people's outcomes that are based on good fortune should be taken in part or probably for some of these people in whole, I don't know, and redistributed to people who suffer from bad luck, right? and that is something that she criticizes and she has this whole i mean are are we ready to get to that section where she lays out all of the issues with it because i thought that would be interesting to go through sure sure okay so oh you know what Uh, if if you would let so let's actually we need to explain the differences because she separates them because she criticizes um luck egalitarianism uh in two different kind of pillars or two different ways um, because there, there's two facets of it. There's option luck and fortune luck or brute, brute luck. Um, so at where do, do you guys have a highlight of, of a definition that she gives
2: of which
1: one
0: of, of both. I'm just kind of trying to get them on yeah, the table. I, I,
1: it's on page um, 291.
0: Oh nice. Okay. I was on 295. 295. I believe. 291. There's there's I'm gonna be editing out a whole lot of page finding, I'm sure, but that's that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I can just read from here.
1: Um basically she says, like all lucky egalitarians place great stress on the distinction between the outcomes for which an individual is responsible. Um, that is those that result from her voluntary choice choices. And the outcomes for which she is not responsible—good or bad outcomes—that occur independent of her choice, or of what she would have, could have reasonably foreseen. And of Mm -hmm. course, those—that's the difference between option luck and brute luck. And there were some interesting, like, kind of more economically oriented points about the conversion or the capacity to convert between, you know, brute and option luck, which I found interesting. But uh, I—that's not really where the paper hinges on. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to make a note of that just briefly. That it is interesting. Um, It's given me a vocabulary within economics, is really my point there. But yeah, that is the difference between the two, in her words.
0: The way I was kind of reading that, going back to the analogy about free will and moral responsibility, is Mm -hmm. the analogy there is option luck are sort of the things that are within your local control. And then brute luck are the things that aren't even in your local control. Even though, of course, for like listeners who are familiar with the previous episodes, local control will collapse into absolute determinism plus randomness we can give some examples yeah like i yeah. I think the one that she gives is basically if you have
1: the option to like purchase insurance for something and you you know you have that just choice yes. in front of you you can choose yes or no and there will be a luck component to that outcome but you have the choice which would make it optional luck exactly. brute luck is something seemingly like I was born without a left foot,
0: right. or like a genetic uh, predisposition to cancer or something. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah, wasn't right. brought well, on. It didn't even be congenital, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are the the kind of distinctions
1: um, that she makes, or that the yeah. left egalitarians seem to have made, you know, between themselves,
0: and which, yeah. Okay. This this is one of my first questions. What role is that distinction? So so. One thing that I understood very well from her exposition of the luck egalitarians is the role that distinction plays for them, right? Yeah. So one question that I was kind of concerned about is I'm not sure that I understand what role that distinction plays in for her. Um, be- because I, sh- I should like motivate that question a little bit more, I guess. Okay, so I, I take it... The luck egalitarians have that distinction as a resource in bracketing types of redistribution that we should be in favor of, right? So you can say they're like, I'm assuming we all get the intuition that, like, let's just start with the easiest cases. Brute luck is something that extremely sucks, right? And And it should be sort of extremely counteracted because it, it sucks so badly, right? So people who are sort of born,
3: I don't know, no those, legs,
0: yeah, like no legs or something, right? Like that that sucks way worse than some bad outcome of option luck. For for well, most cases, so, well, I,
2: it, I, I mean I, I think it, it's not that it, I, it, I I think it's better to kind of view it through the lucky egalitarian framework, right? Because mm-hmm. it, you know, I I don't want to say one's you know better or worse but you're right from, yeah from their perspective and this is like working perspective right the government functions as an insurance hmm. pretty much so and in his framework if people were to take out insurance for types of congenital oh, yeah. Yeah. Of abnormalities then you know the the government is pretty much the it,
0: it, the government is the can, insurer against...
2: Yeah, so it kind of like, yeah. it, it, it will... The, the word's not appearing to me here, but sort of like... Uh,
0: Would you take out insurance against COVID brain fog if you, if you could? <laughs> you yeah. says no and suffers the consequences. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Giffen suddenly converts to, to, to brute egalitarian. <laughs> yeah, I
1: can I can make some comments on my thoughts on the egalitarian view. Are the yeah, luck yeah, and, and there you go ahead I, I can't even think of the exact word
2: that I want to say
1: if you but... think of it bring it up it might be in the paper as well but basically what I gather is again there's a spectrum within luck egalitarianism but basically the distinction um, for them is you it the distinction between option and brute luck is that you know it helps you identify the claimants of um, re- mm. re- redistribution right you know and also the magnitude right because they describe like this component should be taken from those who are lucky in order to compensate those who are not lucky Um, and whether or not you were lucky in the right way. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the point of that distinction. Um, Again, there's a spectrum within there about like the claimant and the recipient or the the claimant of the redistribution and like the, those who are being, you know, taken from basically all I said was Anderson doesn't really think it's relevant, but it may, you know, place, maybe it plays some role in a Mm. kind of sub kind of uh, subordinate way. You know, like it may be useful in some aspect, but it's not the it's not the goal, and it's not going to be. And importantly, it's not going to determine claimants in her eyes, at least.
0: Yes, in an ideal sense, at least. I have a question. Like, and the main, oh yeah, of course. Okay, because what you just said is perfect, perfect tabling for it. And some of this is hard to answer before we actually get to her work, but let's not be like too worried about that. Okay. Of course. How? Okay. One thing that I thought that luck egalitarianism conserved nicely and Mm -hmm. I don't know how her view conserves this, is, okay, the distinction between option luck and brute luck to me kind of looks like, I'm sorry to keep using the analogy, but like compatibilist, or I'm sorry, um, distinctions that incompatibilists can make based on consequentialist concerns, right? So if you think about it, yeah, everything is brute luck all the way down. Like no one chose all of the predispositions that they have, but we live in a world in which you get to exercise option luck, right? Or or choices which lead to option luck or not. Right. right? So it seems it seems really, really I, I get pulled by the intuition that it actually, in a deep sense, does make a lot of sense for us to try to cancel out the obscene differences in brute luck while still kind of maintaining the ability for people to win or lose for lack of better terms in terms of option luck, which they get to enact. Right. This is almost like I'm almost kind of channeling like social democracy, right. Where we sort of want that mix between uh, the best of capitalism and the best of socialist ideas. Right. So like, I understand and agree with how a luck egalitarian could conserve that distinction. But if you're trying to cancel out sort of social, um, if you're trying to cancel out social oppression and allow people to um, exert or kind of express their capabilities, it maybe I'm actually discovering that you need to conserve both of these. And I'm wondering if that's why I found the paper slightly unconvincing in both directions. Like, do, do, so I get, so, I get the. Do you basically think that it should be
1: important the distinction there in terms th- of policy? It sounds like
0: specifically I do, because theoretically, obviously, there's no deep distinction metaphysically. Of course, yeah. sure. I don't think anyone.
1: I don't even. I don't think Anderson had a problem with that <laughs> claim, and I don't think we do.
0: So. That would have been fun if there was like a uh, like a second contrast and feel like the libertarian, whatever the libertarian in the free will sense would have been for the Like, <laughs> I guess they would just be. Actually, liber- actually libertarians would probably be libertarians. Uh, and, it's all too natural. That that would I, you know like it's like liber- it's 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 all you the, market, the sin like, in your
1: in your past life Yeah, like serve that you know, congenital I guess, disease.
2: And I also get it, like it depends like what you might conserve some elements of like option luck. Like, what if someone like you know doesn't pick up health insurance? Mm-hmm. Right, like under our current system, like
0: yeah, if, like, I don't want to be saying that. Everything boils down to both. Like I think that that's where her critique of yes. luck egalitarianism was was accurate. But, yeah, but it seems to me that there are also really true distinctions. Like I'm I'm not saying well, that's
2: why it's not in every area. That's why she says like to be a kind of like an equal citizen. We're not trying to kind of mm-hmm. equalize every aspect.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that that was necessarily. So I don't know if this is. But, but of- actually,
2: well, let me let me make this last point. I think she's just trying to say that some things are outside the purview of the dichotomy of option and brute luck, right? Like some mm-hmm. things are can't even be looked at through that lens. Yeah. Where it's um whether whether you kind of arrived at this poor position through brute luck or option luck, we're mm-hmm. going to treat you the same. So yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So Jordan, I don't know if this is from later in the paper, but I don't know if this kind of was an example that kind of highlighted your reaction, but she mentions the example of like the flooding insurance Um, because people have some degree of choice as to where they, you know, dwell.
0: Oh, yeah. If you
1: if you live like on the coast in a hurricane prone area the likelihood is clearly higher and you know that in advance you can assume that adults at least that's optional are, are aware yeah. so that would be an example of optional luck, which some lucky gallantarians would say like well they did have the choice it was optional luck, not brute luck and therefore that, like it was you know, like help should be should be like um, she she, cho- sure.
0: she chose like this particularly heinous um <laughs> what, 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 what was that person R- radigowski or something uh R- rakowski yeah rakowski there's this uh well just throughout the paper remember she, she contrasted her view to rakowski and rakowski was like he or she i don't remember was was particularly oh. was particularly brutal like oh no she actually says like this may seem brutal i
1: think at one point to, to um
0: i, I was uh, like i was like is this really uh, here here i will say this uh, I did think that there was a bit of straw manning or at least attacking the lowest common denominator by her in in I mean, there were pages upon pages upon like of combating rakowski's view and i was like well yeah but, like, but, but rakowski's view is monstrous <laughs> i had the reaction too and that's where I, I said this in the group
1: chat is that it started to scream 1999 to me because of the context in which it was being written okay. so post-soviet collapse was just the capitalist glory age because there was no competition mm. to the model so this is of course where like views like rakowski's would have like gotten like legitimate you know viewership <laughs> right so like it unfortunate if it was like two years later after the dot-com like crash or like after especially like um the great recession this wouldn't have like she wouldn't have needed to address it because it would have seemed monstrous the fact that that (laughs) it was like the time needed to be dedicated it i don't think it's a slight against anderson i think it's a slight against the circumstances
2: i just thought it
1: was like it was like what a monstrous (laughs) view
0: (laughs) it was like it was like not many readers will, will read Rakowski and be sympathetic to that view.
2: Again,
1: <laughs> right. yeah, I think actually a lot of people were at the time. though. that's the horrifying thing.
0: Sure, but but I'm talking about I'm talking about you know within the reasonable area of the spectrum. <laughs> like it, it... Here,
2: here's here's one of his better takes. here. <laughs> so consider an un, uninsured driver who negligently makes an illegal turn that causes you... an accident with another car. Witnesses call the police, reporting who was at fault. The police transmit this information to emergency medical technicians. When they arrive at the scene and find the driver is at fault, is uninsured, they leave him to die by (laughs) the side of the road. According to Rakowski's (laughs) doctrine, this action is just where they have no obligation to give him emergency care. No doubt there are sound policy reasons for not making snap judgments on a personal responsibility at the scene of emergency. But
1: uh,
0: what does she call that problem? (laughs) She, she, she like was maves. like that's. It was like the snap decision problem or something. It was like. <laughs>
2: I, I, I problem do like the abandonment she... of negligent victims.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean that. That's just a good example. Like, I don't know how. I don't know how Rukowski sleeps at night.
0: I, I was like, so I <laughs> just it's thought. Absurd. I thought, okay, it's not exactly the most <laughs> prideful. Way to put forth your argument to contrast it to something so poor as Rakowski's, right? So, like, I take it so here's the here, I take it that because, because like Rakowski, as I was reading him or her through Anderson, is like essentially that you know, that, that kind of bastard, for lack of a better word, who's saying, like, well, yeah, you're you're, you're dealt the cards, but it's all how you play them as they like sit you're in their <laughs> mansion, <like> dying, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, and able to move.
2: It's like, okay,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but your ability to play the cards you're dealt is also a card. Like those people seem to always forget that, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, it, I, I take it that the luck egalitarian of a reasonable type has opened to them the motivation that I was tr- kind of poorly phrasing earlier where you can be motivated to, it's sort of like, like brute luck is the thing that's the most egregious, right? We want to eliminate bad brute luck Mm -hmm. Uh, that's our top priority but a second but a second priority that we could have is also eliminating bad option luck um that is kind of maladaptive to society or something right so like um what's a good example like we we okay here's like a good example right Mm
3: -hmm.
0: um it's bad option luck to uh, get caught up in a ponzi scheme or to make it a real world example, packaging bad um, uh, housing loans, right? Like it was in the 2008 crash, you know what I mean? It's it's bad option luck to kind of end up at uh, whatever the, you know, the firms where the names are escaping me, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but but that person should starve on the street also, right? So it's like, I just thought she straw manned um, what the best of, the luck egalitarians could do we're saying like look all we're using this distinction for is to prioritize levels of luck that we want to eliminate right like the first well kind of, i
2: i, but, I yeah I, I i would i just wouldn't go that far i mean like she explicitly states like okay here's one end of the spectrum this is the hard line yeah. right and yeah, then yeah. She, i i honestly thought she kind of grappled with dworkin the most who's like
3: mm-hmm.
2: i mean he's nyu professor of law and philosophy so it's like
3: very yeah, reasonable position yeah
2: so yeah 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 big 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 voice right in the field so rakowski i feel like was more like a benchmark like okay here's one extreme and here are other used people well, well, sa- sanity
0: check for me did did she address that concern at all that i that i made did i miss that in the paper like i, I genuinely i could have well, missed I, it. I think it's kind of like a broad
1: stroke kind of thing is that she it's not that she doesn't think that luck like, egalitarians can address those like differences if she doesn't think that's the point of egalitarianism I think within her system she there is a place for such a difference mm-hmm. um, perhaps I don't know that for See, sure especially when okay, it comes that's to that's what I want pol- to explore yeah. when it comes to practical policy things which she touches on the least yeah. um, uh, like in, in
0: reality not under like ideal situations mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. that there is a place for something like that Yeah, uh, and, when, when and- you're constrained and you're so, right that the paper is trying to answer the question of the title, which is what is the point of equality? So exactly. She's trying to, she's trying to ground it. She, she's looking at so, the grounding first. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't think she's saying like, I mean, the, she doesn't like spend any time talking about like the benefits really of like egalitarianism. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure she would agree. There are some, but she says like, mm-hmm. I've identified these problems from this, you know, decent spectrum of luck egalitarians and these um, problems I've identi- identified yeah. suggests some desires of a egalitarian um, theory. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that information and then construct one. Um, so, so I, again, I think I don't know what you would actually say to like what is the role of brute and option luck in your like democratic equality? She may say like it's like a tertiary, you know, quaternary thing that mm-hmm. only kind of comes into play whenever you're in the real world and like have to make decisions. Like right? you don't have like the full resources. You have to mm-hmm. prioritize, find a hierarchy of you know distribution things like that. Like that's where I, she would, she would nest it. If she does value it, I would guess. Okay. That's
0: interesting. I'm realizing it's probably better listening if we actually get her problems with luck egalitarianism on the table and raise hers. And then we can kind of get a little bit more into like, I guess a lot of the questions I, I seem to have. Sure. Okay. One of the problem is that
1: she identifies like so many problems over so many pages, like a, individually lot, for luck yeah. egalitarianism.
0: I do. I mean, I, let's point out the good ones here i was gonna say let's (laughs) i can i can take care of all the editing let's let's look at some of the best ones because i thought a lot of these were actually really good uh because there's yeah you
1: pick out your favorite really
0: well i'm just reading uh there's discrimination among the disabled but i don't remember that one uh we can no that, that one's not great Okay. Well, there's the one that Giffen already talked about—the geographical discrimination among citizens. So I essentially, that—that that is a good one. And Giffen already said that that was if you foolishly, you know, um, uh, move to New Orleans and then don't prepare for the flooding that's going to occur. that that's yeah, the government's just going to walk by and go option lock,
1: option lock, <laughs> and let you drown.
0: Well, Rakowski's government would. Right, right. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's (laughs) fair to say the lucky guy, of course.
1: Rakowski's (laughs) government, imagine. What what a snake. (laughs) Uh,
0: Pure oppression. (laughs) I I don't know. I just really thought, like, how, you know, Rakowski's view has got to be popular amongst the coldest hearts out there. I mean, nothing but the deepest, darkest conservatives would agree.
2: I I appreciated the, uh, the problem of vulnerability of dependent caretakers.
0: Oh, I like that one too. Re- that re- one's actually yeah.
1: critical because yeah. that one directly informs... And that was her, her best point like that,
0: glory. yeah. What page is that? Do you have that? 2- 290, yeah. But it, but it co- oh. spills out of 297. Do you want to go over that briefly? Yeah. Well, okay, I'll just read a little bit from her. Um, she says children are not responsible either for their parents' luck of wealth or for their parents' decision to reproduce. Thus, it is a matter of bad brute luck requiring compensation if their parents lack the means to give them their fair share. But the women who devote themselves to caring for children are another story, since women are not on average less talented than men, but choose to develop and exercise talents that command little or no market wage. It is not clear whether luck egalitarians have any basis for remedying the injustices that attend their dependence on male wage earners call this the problem of vulnerability of the dependent caretakers, which is an excellent problem.
1: Yeah. This is where her kind of feminine ethics uh, Mm. comes into play. I I know that that is one of the fields which she specializes in, but this one touches on it only kind of um, briefly,
0: which is a good one actually. Like it's not one that I would think of. Yeah.
1: It's a great point. I mean, it's um, it's, and now it's um, sorry. um, Just very close to, um another point that she makes about like the distinction between like the economy and those who are engaged in market
0: like yes, activity yes.
1: which is another good one but i think that's more in the positive claim section
0: and that that comes out in her exercising of capabilities as the main view through which to view these things not um cuz she cuz she does we haven't really talked about this but she She accuses the luck egalitarians of only being able to view things in terms of luck as the inputs, but then the outputs as monetary, narrowly, but larger sort of material, um, you know, gains or losses and resources. And I don't know that all the luck egalitarians were like that, but
1: she did seem to think that it was like a main through point.
0: And can I say, so that my, my question that we, we will circle back to, because again, I don't want to discuss it now, but it arose from kind of sentences like she said, it is not clear whether luck egalitarians have any basis for remedying the injustices that attend these issues, right? That, that was what I was saying before with like, I, I, I kind of think that this is like a view of the worst luck egalitarians because I think there's this really straightforward way in which you could be a luck egalitarian, through just like really kind of basic consequentialist concerns it would be pretty obvious to see why even from a luck egalitarian perspective we should we should compensate you know the vulnerability of dependent caretakers but we, i mean we can circle back to that but i just i was going to say like sentences like that are what well I felt. the vulnerability i think the
1: point she was making is that maybe not all but some lucky egalitarians would identify like you know you made the choice to be a dependent caretaker and that, no, i mean i mean, yeah. that might even be more than just rakowski that might be like sure sure a lot of, sure. yeah. or something. A lot or of people van, like a lot of people would say that yeah no like legitimately, legitimately that's the problem yeah. she identified a lot there, of common like, they made the choice to do this put themselves in a vulnerable position for their entire lives therefore it is, they are not a claimant of mm-hmm, distribution mm-hmm. so is some version of lucky egalitarianism able to um, discuss that? Um, perhaps, but I mean, you really have to strain the idea of brute and optional luck to have that framework apply there.
0: Let's circle back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What were some of the other good ones? Exploitation <clears throat> and the lack of a safety net. I don't remember if that was a good one. Oh no, that that was based on Rakowski's view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: What did you guys think about the um, the one disparages the? In- Internally disadvantaged and raises private disdain to the status of officially recognized truth uh, page, basically the state is insulting you this is like 306 three, uh, three,
0: oh. oh, oh well, just, well let's say let's say that now we're switching to victims of bad barut law because we were talking about oh
1: i'm sorry we did change sections there but we were still within yeah, the section of critiquing
0: sure critiquing but but anything. i think yeah, yeah, yeah oh but wait 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 sorry before we get to that one um sure. One of her biggest and most recurring ones in her own section was the uh, 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 accusation of paternalism of of bad option luck. So um, uh, I don't, he argues that it's sometimes fair. I don't know if this is relevant or not, but I have it highlighted. Arneson has considered this problem most deeply within the terms of luck egalitarianism. He argues that it is sometimes unfair to hold people responsible for the degree to which they are responsible agents. The capacities needed for responsible choice, foresight, perseverance, calculative ability, strength of will, self-confidence are partly a function of genetic endowments and particular and partly of the good fortune of having decent parents. So thus the imprudent are entitled to paternalistic protection by society against their poor choices, you know, channel the Sam Harris free will denier here, you know, um, so she says that that is a problem and she labels that as paternalism, which is sort of, you know, you could summarize it as, as overprotection and regulation for people's best interests. And she says that the state, I'm, I'm a, you know, I take it that her critique is um, it doesn't. And this is where she kind of has the prelude to her view. This is wrong as a policy prescription because it fails to express respect for recipients, right? It's sort of, it's, it ties
1: back. I'm sorry, Jordan. No, 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 no. Yeah. I I was going to, I think I'm on a very slight lag. Um, I was going to say this ties back to her view of like the point of equality being, you know, social in nature is that it is, um, a, I don't know if she would call it oppression necessarily, but the disrespect Mm. that is given is a Form of social inequality, and therefore, it falls under the purview of what equality, you know, or is a target for you know these equality prescriptions. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I
2: think it's also just trying to kind of like skew the framing or like kind of change the framing of how one could argue for equality, right? Because, like, I, I, I like this line. However, in their view, and they are in this case is lucky egalitarians. Only paternalistic reasons can justify making mandatory the various universal social ins- insurance programs characteristic of modern welfare states, like social security, health and disability insurance, and so mm. on. So things like, you know, the argument might've gone before reading this paper, why, why do we have social security? And you're like, well, you know, some, even though it's not a lot of money, that people get, you know, after they retire, some people just won't, you know, save for their retirement. So, in fact, we do need this, even though you yourself could actually use that money better, right? You could put that that money you would otherwise be putting, you know, for um, social security taxes. You could put that into some sort of growth fund, a right?
0: Higher, and, yeah, retirement. and, and yeah.
2: you'd make more money as a result of that.
0: Yeah. But
2: okay, but we tax you. We tax everyone so that no one is mm. completely broke after retirement, right? Yeah, or uh, during retirement, I suppose. But- <laughs> no, one's <broke> after retirement,
3: <laughs> <laughs> we but shouldn't
2: send a beggar to money. the grave. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so so it's it, it is sort of like paternalistic logic in that sense, where it's like yeah, and it's paternalistic
0: some- to both sides, right? Because it's paternalistic sort of negatively to the people who could do better and positively i don't mean in a good sense but like in the sense of you're too stupid to do it for yourself so we're going to make you do it to protect yourself
2: exactly so and the thing is and it's not that um that logic isn't like necessarily true mm. right because it's i mean like history bears that out right like didn't, yeah. didn't elderly poverty drop in half after like social yeah, security was passed, you know a lot I mean? of
0: people are pretty dumb yeah
2: yeah, because people just like wouldn't save on their own throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. So you could make this argument, but that's not going to be appealing to everyone.
3: Yeah,
2: right. Like someone who's just like, honestly, I, I, why, why, why take my money? Like, I, because the thing is, could I? Well, well, the thing is, <laughs> why I mean, are you taking my money?
0: <laughs> I mean, well, when we, we know like, people who are like this, I mean, you know, our one friend from high school is probably like this. Why save, you know, money for anything in the future?
2: yeah and also, like, what about like um what do, i mean like I, I think there are like obviously good ways to respond to this, but like, what if someone said, well, couldn't I just invest my money wisely and then you know, just be a better benefactor' in in my older age to provide for people who like that's gonna happen
1: (laughs) yeah like I could be a better provider for the issues you're trying to address
2: exactly like what what if they are that kind of person now you're like okay well yeah Yeah. you alone can't solve all these issues right they're like yeah but maybe people like me would be more willing to solve these issues if you didn't have some sort of system in place that mm. already you know have solved these issues i don't know i I, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how the conversation would go but the point is though like she's trying to change the dialogue a little bit with like the arguments that underlie
0: this is something i want to return to because i actually wonder if the very concerns of paternalism reemerge in more covert ways in her prescription um, that would be interesting. Uh that was one question that I wanted to kind of discuss. But again, like I, I do think for like listening's sake, I think it's better to actually get some of like her details on the table first. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, distinguish between. Yeah, okay. Let's move on from that. Okay. Uh uh any any victims of bad brute luck that we wanted to talk about. If you
2: had, well, yeah, I, I had asked
1: yeah. you if you had any interesting thoughts on like the one. Um, basically, where the state. Do I have consult- any
0: interesting thoughts? That might be up to you to determine.
1: <laughs> basically, did you think it was like a viable critique that she was giving, or do you think the issue of like I, this is actually pretty closely related to the paternalism? But basically, um, this is, here's the quote about she's kind of like saying that this is what in a egalitarian's framework they the state is saying to those who are you know benefiting from whatever welfare program. She says to the disabled, your defective native endowments or current disabilities, alas, make your life less worth living than the lives of normal people. And then she goes on and gives other examples. Did you mm-hmm. think that was like a valid critique? Do you think that there's something inherent there? And Joy, this may be something you bring up later when we get to her positive prescriptions.
0: Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So, so, but I think for the listeners, we should, we should she's saying that that's a, this was on 306? 305 and 306, yeah. Yeah. I took it that this critique was also kind of the Lack of respect or paternalizing paternalization side because she right, she absolutely. called it it uh, she says equality of fortune disparages the internally disadvantaged and raises private disdain to the status of officially recognized truth. Okay. Yeah, this was one. This was one that I thought was kind of like an interesting one, and one you have to be really careful about because okay. because you don't. Cause like, there's a concern of you don't, you don't want to be, you know, like the charged word for it is ableist. Right. So you don't want to say like, it's objectively. So, so here's the claim that I don't think that you have to be committed to as a luck egalitarian. You sure. don't have to say the life of someone in a wheelchair is worth less than the life of someone who's not a wheelchair. Right. Like that, that's like the reductio view, like that. Mm. You know, like, like, who knows? Rakowski might believe that. For,
3: for <laughs> it. It, it, it is. <laughs> Rikowski joins the Zoom
0: call post haste. <laughs> ah. Right. So I don't yeah. think I don't think you have to say that, but I think, but I don't. Um, but okay, but here's the view that I think I would be willing to defend, and I don't know if this makes me a luck egalitarian or not. But but I but I think like if you abstract it, right. Hmm. generally speaking there are more things that someone who has function over their legs can do than someone who doesn't right okay yeah. so like in what course like that's an obvious claim right so no one would really well no i can't phrase it like that hold on i gotta figure out how to phrase it i mean you canceled i'm not really concerned I'm, I'm actually just trying to be like specific yeah of course because there's there's like a really cheap version of this that I don't want to make, and then there's the, like the deeper version that I think is maybe more accurate. Um, okay, here's what I want to say. Given the ability, okay, here's here's what it is. This debate actually came up. This is a real life debate. Remember, um, there was sort of a we developed a scientific, you know, ability to not cure deafness, maybe cure deafness. I don't remember right. But, but there was a technology and a, and a procedure. I don't know any of the details where we could essentially make some babies born with certain types of deafness equivalent to people who could hear naturally. Right. Of course. So I think that it would be heinous not to, you know, let's bracket other concerns. It might be too much money, whatever. Right. Like let's say this, that procedure is a dollar. I think that it would be starkly immoral to not pay that dollar to have your deaf baby uh, as the parent or as the state either. Okay. That was an important distinction. Yeah. 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 I I was saying almost from like the Rawlsian kind of rational third party view. Like if you're just like, like the rational third party, it makes Be like deeply immoral not to do that. That is interesting.
1: Actually. That is one thing that definitely doesn't read as um, easy, I guess I would say. Yeah. In this paper is when she talks about um, specific communities of, of, well, actually you're right, you want to be very specific when you I know, know you, you want to be very specific. Yeah. Um But it's you not you know certain 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 less abled communities, even then that's this clearly what how does she describe it
0: actually? I well, to, you know I, I'm, I'm, also I'm the language of nineteen ninety nine is you know different from today. But, but yeah, either way.
2: I'm just wondering if that point like distinguishes either view though. I feel like that's that that could be found within her view. It could be found within Lucky Galatieri. Well, well, no, I don't know that
1: she does prescribe that in her view. That's I think what Jordan's trying to get at. Like I but, think but, she would be okay as long as those. Well, in, in the case of a baby, it's harder to say because they don't have any capacity. <laughs> but um, as like an adult, if so, <laughs> as as long as this, as long as the state um, makes a, a like all of these the important. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, or the the e- democratic equality relevant aspects of you know the being a member of the community uh, accessible to the you then you know there's no the further concern directly well, maybe we should I also, don't know I
2: I I I, I think that's kinda, her view I, I do want to push back on that a little bit through like her lens of like capabilities right where like she wants to leave certain avenues open that you don't necessarily have to you know. um, make functional right or you Mm -hmm. know make happen but at least like in the context of like babies right where it's like if there was some cheap procedure i would say from her perspective like if it was like what to, to be an equal citizen um I I would somehow would I'd have to I'd have to imagine that'd be like under the umbrella of equal citizenry of like. That that would probably reach
3: that for me. I or don't for, know that
1: she would agree, but I understand that it totally could for you. I don't think she actually mentions like babies at all in any of her thought experiments. That is a super interesting question because Jordan you brought this, that this up, one right. Doesn't really
2: exist, you know. What I mean, because like, I, well, I would actually.
1: So the fact that you. I think it, because it affects development, I'm curious what she would say about this. It's like by not giving it to the child, you kind of remove the the option in a way. Um, like
0: I don't think that that's how she would look at it. Do you think? I
2: well, just I just don't see how she could possibly disagree with that point because the thing is, well, like, I don't because think, because think that we're, that's we're, what given us. Hang on, hang yeah, on. Let me okay. let me let me make this point though. Like okay. she talks about like in this paper how. Let me make sure I, I give this idea correctly here, mm-hmm. but she mentions that the deaf community says that, okay, it's not that we need, you know, for us to hear to like live as equal citizens, but it's that to navigate modern society, we would prefer that communication be made as easily as it is among the non-deaf
3: community.
0: Yeah. She said, imagine what a society would look like if everyone were deaf. And then that's how accessible society should be to the deaf in our current society.
2: Yes, but it's currently not. Yes, that's true. Yes. So so the idea is that if you're a member of the deaf community right now, Mm -hmm. you can't act as an equal citizen entirely.
0: Yeah, And and, and in that way, you can't exercise the full range of your capabilities, which is the basis of her. Right. uh, Yeah. So I'd have to imagine
2: if it was like a child for like a cheap procedure, one way or the other, I have to imagine to like leave a child open to the full range of its capabilities. Yeah. I feel like you need to give the child the procedure. I I don't know.
0: So the reason why I raised that is because the way I'm looking at this debate, right? she's, She's asking the question what is the core value at the bottom of equality, right? Right. What, like that's the title of the paper. What's the point of equality? It's unclear to me, and maybe Giffen, you might know that maybe either of you might know this. She, she, okay. So I think the one thing that's obvious is that she says the kind of capabilities approach or the, or the equal respect approach. I, I don't know what the term for it is, but that, the exercising of capabilities uh, is the core value of hers, right? Does she say I, this is something that I just don't know about? And this is like I don't know how my critique goes because is she saying that that's the core value, or is she saying that's like the only value? She's she's not saying it's the only value, right? But I don't I don't know. I think she I
1: she would claim if I'm reading this correctly. The core value in egalitarianism, either is or ought be, yeah, ending oppression. And then she extrapolates from there, like since oppression is socially imposed, it's about creating a community of equals. And then from there is where you get like the further concerns. It, so I think that's it, kind
0: of like the core there, which obviously doesn't address any like luck at all, which is well, the, the difference. Well, the, see, that's the problem. I, I guess I kind of had with the structure of this paper is. She, uh, she seems to critique luck egalitarianism on the basis of believing that that's the only value, not the core value. A lot of her critique seems to be aimed at the people who think that that's the only value because she raises exceptions. Um, or, 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 okay, let's let's abstract it a little bit. You could say, we don't have to think about like what specific people think, but, we're, but she might want to, fr- or we could phrase the debate as, okay, if this is your value, what do you get? what what does that value logically give you, right? And mm-hmm. if this is your value, what does that logically give you, right? Yeah. So here's what I think is like, I don't know, but I think it's missing from this paper. She rightly points out that if uh, luck egalitarianism is your only value, then it results in these problems. And we've talked about some of those already, right? But then she doesn't put, I don't think she fairly puts forth her own view as if, the expression of capabilities is your only value. What does that logically get you? She seems to sort of open it up as the core value, but not the only value. While attacking luck egalitarianism under the guise of if this is your only value, not your core value. I, I were you? I'm sorry. I I'm not
1: sure. I fully grasp, but maybe this doesn't address your question. But I think she does kind of say her own like democratic <clears throat> equality, like the this is what you get with it as your only value. I think she does say that. Okay, I mean, I mean she that's, that's,
0: well, no, that's important. If if that's what she says, then I have different problems with it because then I think she actually imports like a she she brings in a lot of things implicitly.
1: Then I think she may. That's a good point. I don't know that for sure, but I again I think if not necessarily like <clears throat> in terms of all values and just like as individuals or as a society she's specifically critiquing egalitarianism yeah like the the root of egalitarianism was this current literature mm-hmm. is about this for whatever reason and so it seems like this is entire conversation within the scope of yeah. a value not necessarily yes. like all like she's saying there i mean it, it might be true that a lucky egalitarian might hold other values that would kind of prop up their yeah, theory what yeah. she's saying You know, if the point of Hmm. egalitarianism is to end oppression, their you know, lucky egalitarianism doesn't do that. Even if other of their values would, you know, help patch patch together. Yeah, that's how I'm reading this.
0: I think I think I very well import other things. I think I understand the current state of my criticism with the paper, then, which is good. Which is good because, like, because again, my current understanding might change by the end of the episode. But like but i but i think that my current criticism is yeah she rightly points out that if you're sort of a deontologist about luck egalitarianism so you're not allowed to import concerns about anything else then yeah you're rightly going to have serious problems like the ones we've talked about right um but she doesn't make it clear at least that cuz i i don't know I, it's it's an open question to me whether the more pluralistic luck egalitarian can create just as good an outcome it, and I, and maybe conserves some things that like her theory can't it, I don't know I, I think I think she just she criticizes
1: that might be a, like if we find a good response to this paper, we might be able to see what like luck egalitarians are able to do that she isn't because obviously she doesn't say like crap line well, doesn't do
0: this Well I thought I raised that like a like a potential one for that you raised a potential what um a potential example of where where luck egalitarians could do that but she wouldn't um it, am i completely blanking the, dude the the more sad thing is i'm blanking on it um, No,
2: on your example
0: yeah on it my was the
2: example account. about like um you know like a small amount of money being paid for like deaf children to hear uh deaf I...
0: I don't know if that was that
1: example. I have, yeah, I don't think that was because we kind of discussed that. Maybe Adam, you actually raised the point that she probably would argue for the hearing. I'm hearing. not actually sure about that. After maybe I was
2: conversation. I'm yeah. actually not sure about that. She would because.
1: Yeah. Uh, One of the things that makes it difficult to address that question is that she very most of this paper discusses kind of like in ideal situations and mm-hmm. she doesn't really say what to do in our various failings as a society to reach her
0: you know, her goal. Given, like, why don't why don't you just why don't we just talk about what her view is so that we don't have to keep kind of dancing around it? I think that's a good thing to do
2: because, like, just kind of going off real quickly here, though, because yeah. one of the reasons that I'm, is actually what Given was just talking about um, makes me think, in fact, she might not actually kind of subscribe to a position where the state intervenes to um, <laughs> yeah. prevent deafness in children. Is she does mention that deaf individuals seem to have the same spectrum of happiness and fulfillment in their lives and that any problems they do experience are actually due to, due like, to if oppression, said oppression. Yeah. exactly yeah. and and that's actually it i disagree not, with that view and it's not yeah. the deafness itself that we should target but the oppression so mm-hmm. i actually kind of go back and uh, i don't i don't it, i don't think she
1: that is one of the definitely the most contentious yeah points. Um, I, of her framework, and like it, well, it, it's very interesting because you see the the conflicting values here is like the the respect to all individuals, but also the practical reality and how that informs your view. Yeah, I, I think I
2: do get her perspective though because it's like, I mean, consider this: like, none of us are as smart as an individual like Stephen Hawking, right? Yeah, but but Jordan it, B. Peterson. <laughs> Excuse None of me, are doctor, quite doctor Jordan B. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: Editor, yeah. clean that up. It was Doctor all along. <laughs>
2: but, but like having like the fact that we aren't as smart as those, you know, whatever individual you want to kind of just put out there is sort of like the paragon of modern intelligence or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, but like. I'm sorry.
0: I'm too easy. I messed you. Continue.
2: Yeah. But um, I I think we don't think our lives are are necessarily like you know miserable to live, even though we don't. I mean, maybe if we were to kind of like switch between those two perspectives, suddenly coming back to just like you know a, uh, a a you know some intelligence that's within the. The regular spectrum, like regardless of, how smart the, of the, the, is, the all no, things no one, considered
0: approach. Yeah. Yes, no
2: one on this podcast is a genius. Okay. So,
0: <laughs> like, especially not this episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, this episode is a disaster. But, <laughs> no, but oh, everyone on this podcast is quite smart, but no one here is a true genius. No. But, but what would that be like? Right. Exactly. But, but we don't know, obviously. So, but we don't think our lives miserable just but just knowing that there is a kind of a higher level of perceiving the world so
1: that is perfect example i I, I do
2: understand her perspective in that sense that deaf people don't know what they're missing in that sense so the Mm. real problem is like you know is the way in which those people suffer as a result of yes uh, yes uh, wait yeah oh
0: oh i remember my example now you you made me it was it was exactly Mm -hmm. like this so okay basically here was my reductio to her view right she is unable to it was exactly the point you're making Adam. except it was just a personality trait like i was saying i was i i I wrote down like okay what if someone just had like a a greater ability for love right or like compassion or just to kind of like you know like be, be compassionate in that buddhist sense right That is something that we don't currently have access to, but it would be a better existence if we had it. And no one, you can't cash out the fact that we don't have that ability to feel deeper love in terms of oppression, right? It's just luck. There are people, you know, the ability to feel or express any genetic uh, or or I'm sorry, any personality trait is going to come down to genetics plus randomness, right? Right. So it's all brute luck in that sense. And then option luck as you choose to either kind of develop that or not. Right. So that is an example that is outside the purview of the value of eliminating oppression. Right. Um, But it's one that could be conserved by the luck egalitarian. So what does she do with that? I mean, The problem from my perspective is she would have to regress to the capabilities approach thing, right? But then I don't think she, but but my point, (laughs) yeah, sorry, sorry. But my point was going to be, but then capabilities are getting cashed out in luck terms. So then it's actually so, so I, I don't, I think that her view is a really important value, but I don't know if I would make it my core value. I think that, like, certainly not like, your only. Well, well, but I wouldn't make anything my only. I mean, in terms of like, right. a, you know what I mean? <laughs> if if like, I had Adrian. to guess,
1: hatred <laughs> <Adrian laughs> is my core.
0: <laughs> <guy>. Lust.
1: <laughs> what, I, what I think she would say to that example, Jordan, about the empathy is she says that has no role to play in equality in I, egalitarianism. I, I, and then I totally the, the conversation that. would be over. She I would might totally then disagree say, with that then. She, she, would, she would then think, say, ah. you can invoke other things in order to like argue for it, but it just wouldn't be from a...
0: I, I think that that's but, a mistake Jordan, of the status quo bias. Don't you think? No, no, it's, Jordan, oh, hang okay,
2: on. Yeah. Because like, the way I view this is like... And give me a second to actually kind of get out these ideas, but it almost seems like you're like describing a situation in which... The entire bell shaped curve is mm-hmm. like shifted one direction or the other, where like like the population at large, like regardless of like the millions of different attributes they have, if we could maximize like just like love and compassion in people at large, I think she would have you know approve of that right no but 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 it's the idea mm-hmm. that there are differences in people now that we're mm-hmm. trying to rectify right so so the yeah. thing is like so. Um, I think it'd be close, like a closer example would be, okay, there are differences in people, you know, like you said, in compassion, which Mm -hmm. could lead to like better lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in the context of this conversation, the question could be, do we compensate those with less compassion who live more miserable lives as a result? You know what I mean? Rather than like, you know, bringing everybody to that level. Mm -hmm. So something more do you reasonable example
0: there? of i the- I actually do. Um, my question is on what basis is she able to say we should bring everyone up? because like I because her whole discussion of the deaf community made me question whether she would say that or not because because doesn't that seem so oh, okay, that seemed to me so so that was my other like stem of the critique is. She criticizes luck egalitarianism as being extremely paternalistic. I think paternalism, if her view is to end up as a reasonable one, has to creep back in because of exactly... Where exactly? uh, In the sense that uh, to allow people to maximize the expression of their capabilities, we actually do have to be paternalistic in some ways, right? So... um, I'm asking you for that example well yeah so i was about to um yeah, so with adam's example where you know <laughs> what
2: we're, we're just off tonight <laughs> because, because of the uh covid brain here like like the conversations we're have, are having right now are just like very uh i know it's very, gonna take
0: a lot of editing
2: yeah very very stunted so yes
0: yeah i agree um Probably also due to the, like the length of the paper, but true. Um, ah, damn, I lost, uh, what was I saying?
3: You were so, gonna give the example,
0: so Adam's example of people can be on various parts of the spectrum of compassion, right? Yep. And that's brute luck, what you're born with, and then the option luck is kind of how that cashes out in terms of, you know, do you use that to better your life or, or worsen it, right? Mm-hmm. Um Adam said that, and this, was, this would be a reasonable decision, if we could bring people up, if there was some $10 genome fix for people on the really low end of compassion to bring them yeah. up, we should do that. And Adam thought she would do that too. Now, here's my problem. I think she should do that because I think that that's the only reasonable thing to do, right? But to do that is extremely paternalistic in, in saying... We think that this type of life is not as valuable or is not as good a life as one in this range of the compassion scale, right? And we have good reasons to think that. So what we're going to do is, you know, for those people born with a, a lack of empathy or a lack of compassion, we're going to bring them up to our level. That's an extremely paternalistic thing to do, but I think rightly so. So she paints paternalism as something to be avoided at all costs. And I'm disagreeing with that. And I'm saying that if her view doesn't then bring some paternalism back in, um, it's actually a pretty unreasonable view.
2: I'm just wondering like her critique of paternalism, like does it relate specifically to like adults? Because I I think there's like an idea. I think she does. Because yeah, because like, it's like, okay, I, I don't know if she would be against paternalistic behavior for infants, right? Like that's, that's our job as, you know, you know adult members of mm-hmm. society to make those decisions and say, actually, hey, there's this new technology that would bring new members into this world with just, in, you know, high levels of compassion that will lead to better lives for them. I just, that would be paternalistic behavior toward the unborn,
0: Can I ask? Okay, follow-up question then. Let's not talk about what we would do, but just just in terms of pure valuing. Then, so okay, as adults, like you know, there's been the brute luck and the expression of option luck at this point, right? Some there's obviously a spectrum of compassion for adults. Excuse me, in purely value terms, I am still extremely reasonable. Or um, I'm. Jesus. Good to know. I am still, and and you will be too if only you agree. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, that brain fog is just hammering me right now. I think that it is objectively true to say that people with a deficit of compassion live objectively worse lives than people in the normal to higher range, right? Like, for instance, in like a Frankfurtian sense, I would give myself a shot if it raised my compassion level by 10%, right? And I think that I would be wrong to not have enough compassion to even get that decision off the ground. Can her view... So what I'm saying is like she chastises paternalism from the luck egalitarian perspective. But I think that her view actually entails just as much in the, in the expression of people's capabilities, but she doesn't want to do that. But I think she either has to like sneakily put that back into her view, or it's actually really unreasonable.
2: I guess I didn't understand your perspective there. Like it, cause I guess clarify for me on this point, like, are you saying, okay, so there's going to be some segment of the population as adults, Mm -hmm. if the shop were available to raise their compassion they in fact wouldn't get the shot Mm -hmm. because there could be a multitude of reasons why they don't, but one of them could be just a lack of compassion in the first place. Exactly. I guess my question is this, then like under her view, I I don't think she would require that you get the shot, right? I wasn't saying
0: require. I I wanted to take actions out of it. I don't even know how she could, because we were talking about like the core values of it. On her view, how do you even get that value off the ground?
2: You,
0: I'm sorry. Can you clarify that? How, so, how do you get the value that it's objectively better for people to take the shot, right? The people who are low on on compassion, without then bringing back in that paternalism.
1: I don't know that she would actually. I I, I don't know that she would actually say that it's necessary for egalitarianism to address the shot question. I can, I think it might be helpful here to read like her definition in her.
0: Um, hey, can we do this? Poem? Can we take a, a short break? I needed to, to to pee and I want to get like some more tea and then let's actually just talk about her view. Yeah. Does that sound okay? Yeah. That's okay. Okay. All right. I'll be right back.
2: Given yeah, you agree though, that, that, that does seem like outside the, uh, like the confines of this discussion, right? Does it not? like um like his example there because it seems the, like so the
1: question is like, there is a spectrum of compassion i was actually just about to read i think this will actually help if you want to go to page 313 this is where she actually contrasts the main points of democratic equality versus luck egalitarianism and she says equality of fortune is a distributive theory it conceives of equality as a pattern of distribution this would obviously be the pattern of compassion. That would be the distribution of compassion in this case. And then she says, um, you know, you're equal as long as you have equal amounts of some distributable good in the view of luck egalitarian and luck egalitarians. And then she said, by contrast democratic democratic equality, regards to people as equal when each accepts the obligation to justify their actions by principles acceptable to the other and in which they take mutual consultation, reciprocation, and recognition for granted. And it's a, that's a very, very long assessment, but she can, that is the contrast with the pattern of distribution. So depending on how like Jordan's compassion fits into that, that part of the democratic equality, it may or may not fit it may or may not be subject to you know her concern
2: let me read that line here what's that let me just read that line yeah, again yeah. Myself Page 13. It, it's, it's a little the bottom way, is it not oh I, oh i literally yeah. underlined it and i wrote hmm yeah yeah let me let me read that again myself here.
1: yeah because i mean that's the key to this question here is whether or not it fits into this or any of the other points that she says like in contrasting
3: them I guess I just don't understand that line at all, because I I I, I don't no because because I I, you know, cause, cause I, don't, I don't see how
2: that could actually obtain right because like democratic equality regards two people as equal okay yes when each accepts the obligation to justify so they've got a, they're obliged to justify their actions by principles acceptable to the other
3: well I don't see how that's going to work because I. You know, what is that? People have explained
2: their actions to me, and I do not find their principles acceptable.
1: I'm reading further on onto the next page to see if she
3: says it a little easier.
1: So so on the beginning of 314 she does say this implies third that democratic equality is sensitive to the need to in, uh, integrate the demands of equal recognition with those of equal distribution um so it would it seems like there's the question of whether such a person would be you know the circumstances are one that makes to like a relationship unequal and then second of all is whether or how to remedy that. That's the beginning of 3.14 is like um, the goods must be distributed according to principles and processes that express respect for all. So it's kind of a two, two aspects here, it seems.
0: What, what I was, were you guys talking
1: about? We were kind of just um, prepping for when you return about your concern and the question and trying to fit it into Anderson's model. We're at page
0: three thirteen and three fourteen. Why don't you Why don't you go ahead and just tell me, like Giffen, how do you view what her positive proposal is? Because, like, I think that that's just a good, like, for me especially, but also, I mean, for the episode, you know like, what I mean? With like, respect, what, just the whole thing, not with respect to your question. Yeah, just just in general terms. Because I like we've beat around the bush with that for too long. Like, I may even edit this and put it closer to the episode, just because like we should have. You know what I mean? So like, what like explain to me because I think you're obviously the best reader of this paper at this you know so far so like mm-hmm. what well you're, yeah, better, um, well you're better than old fog brains over here. <laughs> fog one and fog two
1: <laughs> um <laughs> i'm trying to find like a good a specific quote
0: or even just in your own words like how you know i mean we oh can... oh yeah so basically what i she is just wants to reframe
1: the entire debate about egalitarianism to address what the point was originally slash should be now yeah and that is to say it doesn't the the point of egalitarianism isn't specifically to address like you know brute luck um it is actually to make a community of equals like a slash end oppression whatever conception mm-hmm. you know is preferred in this case um there are some specific details that she lays out that make it a little bit difficult and it, that only really appear in her section the second part of the paper um like what is democratic equality uh but broadly i kind of agree with like the the framing i don't know that i don't think she would say that like this should be the the only thing we should consider like egalitarianism mm-hmm. in society's construction but it is the main like it is a central pillar um of like the discussion i i yeah. kind of do agree like um it seems to have a lot of desirable features um it doesn't seem to like well, I mean, the, all the criticisms of luck egalitarianism that I thought were pretty valid. Um, mm-hmm. So she seems to address most of those here. Um, but again, uh, I, what should I say this? I, I, I do think it is a worthwhile goal to reframe the discussion about egalitarianism to focus on oppression. Yeah, That makes sense to me. Um, and it is able to disregard some of the odd conversation that we read in luck egalitarianism. Um
0: she comes, um, Wait, hold on. I'm sorry, just a clarifying question before yeah. you continue, because this is good. Because it, it seems, does, does she say which one? Does she say is actually her core value, the prevention of oppression, or creating in a, a community of equals? I think oh, no, she the said ladder, there's two. The I think okay. it's
1: two. I think she says there is a negative aspect and a positive aspect.
0: Yeah, oh, I remember a quote about that. Yeah, I, I don't. I think that? it's on one of these pages. I just don't see it in front of me immediately. Because that oh. was another, I don't, I don't mean to like bring up questions already, but I just, I, I need to understand oh, exactly what she says. Yeah. Because um, I think that one of those entails the negation of the other.
1: Hold on, I think it's actually on the previous page.
2: Oh yeah. Given you're totally right.
1: Yeah. Is, this is the very beginning of part two. What is the point of equality? as this section? What page? What page? Uh,
2: 3.13, if you want to get exactly what she says here, because first, democratic equality aims to abolish socially created oppression.
3: Oh, equality... Do
2: you want keep going there?
1: Uh, I was going to say, that is where she contrasts democratic equality with the equality of fortune, but previously is where she makes the positive and negative aspects clear. Um, and I, you can read that part, but I do want to read this part first. She says in... This is the bottom of three twelve. Egalitarian political movements oppose such hierarchies. You mm. know, she talked about the previously. Um, dot dot dot. Negatively, the claim repudiates distinctions of moral worth based on birth or social identity, on family membership, inherited social status, race, ethnicity, gender, etc. Um, you know, there's no natural slaves, plebes, mm-hmm. or aristocrats. And then positively, the claim asserts that all competent adults. that's actually good to know? Adults. Mm. So she actually, this whole conversation about competent adults. So that's yeah, actually good. Yeah. She didn't define any of this. But um, anyways, the claim asserts that all competent, positive, uh, uh, oh, all, no negative adults no shall negative. have rights. <laughs> no, this Natural slave class. Those born without <laughs> <positive> <laughs> <laughs> compassion
0: do not have rights. <laughs>
1: The claim asserts that all competent adults are equally moral agents. Everyone equally has the power to develop and exercise moral responsibility to cooperate mm-hmm. with others, according to the principles of justice, to shape and fulfill a conception of their good. So that's kind of like the two frameworks. And this, there are, it's not, uh, you know, clearly well defined. Mm-hmm. Um, she t- tables a lot of things like it's framed within the space of competent adults. She doesn't really define it. Yeah. Um I, I can't imagine how long this paper would be if she had to define all these components. Oh, of course, of course, um, it would. She probably, ought, maybe, she ought to have split this into, like, egalitarian bad, and then second paper, look, you know, democratic equality good. But either way, so that's the aspect about like the negative and positive aspects. Um, and then the next the beginning of the next page actually says similarly, negatively, egalitarians seek to abolish oppression, and then positively, egalitarians seek a social order in which persons stand in relations of equality. So those, that's the, the negative and positive aspect. And yeah. they may conflict, um, Jordan. If, and I imagine that's what you're going to bring up. And yeah. then after that, she discusses the specific aspects of democratic equality, um, like the goals, mm-hmm. like these are the aims compared to lucky egalitarianism. And Adam, you were starting to read this and you, you can uh, go ahead and read that as, if you'd like. Yeah,
3: three okay. of them, I
1: think.
2: So first, democratic equality aims to abolish socially created oppression. Mm. Equality of fortune aims to correct what it takes to be injustices created by the natural order. Second, democratic equality is what I shall call a relational theory of equality. In other words, it views equality as a social relationship. Equality of fortune is a distributive theory of equality. It conceives of equality as a pattern of distribution. Mm. So, okay, so that clarifies a bit. It does. So, Thus, equality of fortune regards two people as equal so long as they enjoy equal amounts of some distributable good, income, resources, opportunities for welfare, and so forth. Social relationships are largely seen as instrumental to generating such patterns of distribution. By contrast, democratic equality regards two people as equal when each accepts the obligation to justify their actions mm. by principles acceptable to the other, and in which they take mutual consultation, reciprocation, and recognition mm-hmm. for granted.
0: Yeah. It's a mouthful, That's a bulky that one. Yeah,
3: yeah, so...
0: I have... Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's... Is there more that we should talk about in her view before I raise the criticisms? Because I, I, I don't know. The more we, yeah. ra- I, I will actually contribute something. I think. Um, so, um,
1: from what I gathered from the, those first two points where she contrasts them, is that um, within the view of luck egalitarianism, uh, social relationships are an instrument to generate the goal of like the pattern distribution, right? Yeah, Whereas she yeah. would say the, the um, patterns of distribution or redistribution generally is instrumental to creating or can be instrumental to creating the proper social relationships, which is the goal. I think that's kind of the key here. So I yeah. I do think she said it's, it's not non-distributive, but it's not strictly distributive. If that makes sense.
0: This actually mirrors <clears throat> a lot of the discussion, at least the holistic vibes, if you will, of the previous paper that we were talking about, right? How, like, you know, retributive justice or like justice as we currently have is very cold and calculating and it removes the individuals in question. She's essentially kind of making a very similar point against luck egalitarianism. Like it's very cold and it's not based, it's using people's social status and interactions as a tool to get material equality. And that's bad. Like, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, You might sense there's a but coming, but I'm sorry, but Giffen, did you, did you, did you have more? No, that was it. I'm waiting for your butt. okay, here's what I don't understand about this proposal. It seems like the negative and the positive claims that she has can very obviously come at odds to each other, right? So she says um, that negatively uh, it it repudiates uh, distinctions of moral worth based on birth or social identity or on family membership, inherited social status, race, ethnicity, gender, or genes, right? That's the luck part kind of cashed out in her own terms. Um, but then positively, the claim asserts that all competent adults are equally moral agents. Everyone equally has the power to develop and exercise moral responsibility, mm-hmm. to cooperate with others according to principles of justice, and to shape and fulfill a, cons- a conception of their good. Okay. And she thinks that that p- more positive move really negates the paternalism of luck egalitarianism where the paternalism there, I take it is that, you know, Oh, poor you. You know, sh- she, paints it as like a very pitying picture. I thought a little bit unfairly, but I've already made that clear. Um, okay. Yeah, I felt that as well
1: at first to be frank. Yeah.
0: Here's my, here's my question. Like with her view though, take an, take an example of, um, and she brings up examples that are close to this. We can find them if we want, but like, uh, like a very just take just take a um just take like a community from like the the racist South in the nineteen sixties, right? Sure. Um, nineteen fifties. Let's make it. So, you know, they're obviously incredibly uh, immoral and and denigrating. No, sorry, not denigrating, diminishing of people's status. Like you know, the Jim Crow laws, right? of course okay that those laws are obviously something that um a luck egalitarian would be against and she would be against right because on the luck egalitarian view it's punishing people for arbitrariness for brute luck yeah yeah exactly and on her view people are obviously not 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 even not addressing it's punishing exactly yeah (laughs) yeah and on her view I take it that she would respond that, okay, that's not good because it it doesn't treat people as equal citizens. Right. Okay. Here's my criticism. Then she has to be paternalistic to make that claim. She has to say, and I, I, I'll find more examples of this because I have like notes written down. She has to value negative freedom over positive freedom. She has to value freedom from over freedom to do things. Right. So, she, she has to be committed to like the paternalistic value of saying, okay, no, your racism, like your uh, obsession with oppressing this group of people based on arbitrary factors is not a valid value in our system uh, because it doesn't allow people to be equals. But the problem is, is that so long as you grant that there will be people who hold stupid views like that, she has to treat them as kind of unequal but it's because of the, like the brute fact that, you know, they were born in, in fucked up societies themselves. Right. So, okay. I know i I made that in like a really circuitous way, but what do you guys think of that point that she has to, she has to be paternalistic in exactly the same way as she criticized luck egalitarians as being paternalistic in.
3: That's a very good point. Can
1: she define, I mean, I don't know if she successfully defines paternalism well enough in order yeah, to even, I don't think she even really, for her own like good. Yeah. Um, and that, that would be a
0: pretty key criticism. Well, can is, I, can I give a, I thought a working definition of paternalism when she defined it was yeah. making an objective claim that some people's values are better than others. Right. Or that some values, you don't have enough to say it's people's values. Some values are better than others because she made that point. Like, well, it's kind of, it's wrong to like pity someone for being deaf. Right. Like she, she painted that as like being the very pitying view. Right. But I thought mm-hmm. that she stacked the examples really well. You, you know, what might be um, enlightening
1: here. Do you remember the example that she gave? Um, maybe we talked about this already about the person who might value um, above their own, like, mm. uh, like
3: the, the original donations oh. or
1: whatever it was. Organ selling might be another good example. That's the, yeah. It's like it, it, your question hinges on like about the pater- paternalism, hinges on how she explains those cases. And I don't remember fully. Um, because clearly, let's, like,
0: let's find one of those cases. I think then. she
1: basically would broadly say, like, it's not that we're choosing a value, it's that it's irrelevant because of this other thing that in, is invoked first.
0: Yeah. But, I, again,
1: but it, it very, very. Um, Close reading will determine whether that's actually paternalistic or not
0: okay i i I'm, I don't remember where this is i We're, should have marked like where different things came up i mean i tr-
1: there's I, there's so many things to mark though it's
0: such th- a, that's the that was the problem i you know in hindsight to be honest i should have had different problems like in a word document and then quotes addressing those problems but like
1: oh oh okay i, I found it i 100% okay. found it 319 319 thank you she's actually she posits herself um Isn't it paternalistic to, excuse me, isn't it paternalistic to deny her the freedom to trade, um, in it and inalienable rights. So this is like second paragraph, which which specific
0: example was this? It was, uh, 319
1: second paragraph. And then this is, um, she's broadly talking Uh, about inalienable rights. Yeah. Um, she doesn't say anything specific, but I think she does later down, Mm um, so again, the question is, why shouldn't she be free to trade some of her egalitarian guaranteed freedoms for other goods that she prefers? Mm. This is kind of, I think, in the scope of what we were discussing. Yeah. Isn't it paternalistic to deny her the freedom to trade? Right. Mm. Are we not like in the denial? Aren't we invoking some sort of value evaluation of like, you know, her values? And then the next paragraphs must address that. Or at well, least I have it. Yeah, I actually oh, yeah. I
0: have the quotes. She, she says Kant would put it in the following terms. Each, every individual has a worth or dignity that is not conditional upon anyone's desires or preferences, not even the individual's own desires. So she's saying in non-Kantian locution that basically you don't get to void your status as an intrinsic good. Like you don't get to, so like under her view, each individual has inalienable rights and you don't get to um, like void those rights of anyone and anyone includes yourself. I think that that's totally fucking reasonable, but I think that that's really paternalistic. Like I, I just, I think that she, she highlighted the dangers of paternalism with like egalitarianism fairly well. Yeah. Like, but, but I also think that she did a lot of spinning right she spun it as like contemptuously pitying people which like you know Rakowski might or well Rakowski she pitied no one as we saw but <laughs> but right like okay so so her concern is completely valid We don't want to pity people um, and like that gets cashed out in you know like a lot of ableist ways right We don't want to pity people who have certain disabilities or handicaps um, but I think that paternalism absolutely has to play a role if you're going to make if you're going to have some sort of a hierarchy of values which she obviously does you have to be able to like say no you're actually wrong like to want to express this value and she does it here like she's actually saying okay the value of preserving the dignity or or intrinsic worth of the individual trumps even that individual's desires I- i'm sorry but how is that not paternalistic
1: Yeah, I think that would be a great question. I would be very curious to see how she answers that.
0: I just thought like paternalism reemerged in all of the ways she criticized luck egalitarianism for having it. So like, so, so go back to my example, right? Like, so she, she criticized, um, she criticized luck egalitarians for pitying people who were deaf or who weren't as smart, you know, like, oh, you know, poor, poor idiots. Right. And she, she kind of painted that as like a really sneering thing to do. Right. But so there, she's So if you look at what's underneath that, underneath that is the value of it's better to be more competent than less essentially. Right. And she was saying that it's paternalistic to kind of have that hierarchy of values. But if she has the goal of eliminating oppression, and thus having people have equal status, you have to be paternalistic in precisely that same way because people aren't going to just agree. Like in a, you know, like a kumbaya world, like we all are equal and everyone thinks everyone else is equal. Yeah, that, but okay. But like, we don't really have to worry about like egalitarianism at that point. She, she isn't, she puts herself or just like reality puts her in the position of saying, no, like your your racist attitudes towards you don't want to have to serve black people or something like that. That's not a legitimate value in our society. So yeah, it seems like there may be
1: one deep kernel of paternalism. Um so I'm reading here, this is still on 319. Okay. Um basically, okay. Uh let me let me get what th- paragraph? Uh, I think it's the same one where she discusses Kant, but at the bottom. Mm-hmm. In basing inalienable rights on what others are obligated to do Mm -hmm. rather than on the right bearers own subjective interests, democratic equality satisfies the second desideratum of egalitarian theory to justify lifetime guarantees without resorting to paternalism. So basically, it kind of is already built in the idea that the obligations are present. Mm -hmm. Um, If you kind of already agree that the obligations are there, then... All other aspects of paternalism can go away, but that in and of itself may be paternalistic.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, that, so I think
1: that kind of captures the concern.
0: But I think that that would be gravely misrepresenting the argument to say that, oh, our system doesn't have the issues of paternalism, where it's like, well, you know, no, after the most paternalistic assumption
1: ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> after the grand paternalism, you don't need any further paternalisms. It's basically. What and she's claiming.
0: I guess I even disagree with like, but I think that that does get cashed out in like extremely paternalistic details. So, like, smear this again. In basing inalienable rights on what others are obligated to do, rather than on the rights bearer's own subjective interest democratic equality satisfies the second desideratum of egalitarian theory to justify lifetime guarantees without resorting to paternalism. But okay. Yeah. That's what I, I think that to justify lifetime guarantees is extremely paternalistic, but in a good way, like I, like I'm, I, I guess have like slightly more, I'm like slightly more okay with like authoritarian aspects of paternalism in the sense that like, we just do have to make those values. Like we do have to make those value claims. It's yeah. like, no, you actually all, don't get to do certain things.
1: Of all the things she criticized. I think the paternalism one was one where I kind of had like the most uncertainty for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I would really like to see her response to like, Hey, you have, you've buried the paternalism in already to the model and therefore all further ones like may not be needed, but you have the one to begin with.
0: The you, very you know, the, the gays and lesbian point that she made, um, it's in the next paragraph, I thought really um, exemplified this point, too. Because, right, so, so she says, on top of 320, gays and lesbians seek the ability to publicly reveal their identities without shame or fear, which requires significant changes in social relations of contempt and hostility and changes in some norms of gender and sexuality. Bingo, I completely agree. However, that entails paternalism. That entails saying the value of being a homophobe is trumped by the value of expressing who you are, your sexual identity. And I think that that is a legitimate case of paternalism. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, actually, I don't think you need to invoke
1: either of their I, like, values in order to make that. It's, if you accept the obligations that are there, you mm-hmm. can simply say you've betrayed your obligation and nothing further see, but, but I don't think, but you've, but you've, but there's still the paternalism, the original paternalism of that framework, perhaps.
0: Okay. But that, but that almost relies on like this idealized image of what a person should be. Right. So it's like, uh, okay. So just if you take it on board, like, okay, the homophobic person like at their core is a homophobic person, right? Like it's just like part of their identity, like, like deeply, just think back, you know, to like, people of like our grandfather's generation when they were growing up, right? Like, or, or you know, even just further back or, you know, whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. That That is like who they are at their core. And so she either, I think like her position either collapses into one of two things that she chastises luck egalitarianism for. It either collapses into this assumption about what the rational kind of third party or like that person's best self ideally rational self would think or do, or, or it's just paternalistic. Right. Cause she's, cause like, it's not, it's not equal to be like, because it's not, I don't know. I, I don't think it makes sense. I think you have to really kind of um, twist your wording to paint valuing certain things always in terms of, of making people equal. Right, like because you're you're okay. I, I'm really butchering my wording here. Um, I don't know. Do do you kind of get what I'm saying? I'll try to make it again. I'll try to make it really succinctly. Yeah. You you have to say to the people who want to discriminate based on race, and there's whole communities based around that from like the fifties in the south. Right. Of course. You have to say no. You don't get to do that in our society because we value other things over that. That's denying certain you, you can't say then that everyone gets to equally express themselves or their values or whatever. But 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 what are actually fine to say that? Like, I don't know. That that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Like she she hinges it on like treating everyone as an end in and of themselves. Okay, but what if. that person as an end wants to do something that is incompatible with someone else being treated as an end in in and of themselves. Then you have to make a hierarchy of values choice. And that seems really paternalistic. I'm sure I could make the point like way better if I was actually of sound mind. (laughs) I, I I think I understand your point. Um, I'm, I hope. Hopefully, I'm at least making good points in a very poor way.
1: <laughs> no, I. I, <laughs> I no, I, you make sense. Yeah. Um, again, it seems to come down. She really needs to explain her objections with paternalism. If it's not the paternalism itself, it's what aspect of the paternalism that she disagrees with. Yeah. And how they, like you know, would be resolving in the issues we've discussed. Um. Because, like, you you said like, the the vow. There's, the values seem to have to come into play in the acceptance of the system of democratic mm-hmm. equality. After that, I think you can resolve all the issues without specifically invoking a paternalism of the situation. But the paternalism has has simply been absorbed into the system, and thus the you can't say there's no paternalism.
0: That comes and down. I to, don't. Oh yeah. I don't
1: know. Again, this may simply hinge on her conception of paternalism being slightly different. I don't know if that's actually something broadly informed by like (laughs) lucky egalitarianism literature yeah or if that's just like you know um something that she just simply failed to explain enough which is probably that, that
0: that. that actually perfectly brings me to my next criticism which was she she explicitly says actually in the in the in the one that i said um a lot of her values of of treating people equally requires changes in norms of gender or sexuality or changes in social relations of contempt and hostility right Mm -hmm. okay here's here this was my other potential critique of this in order to do that um (laughs) how exactly does that get cashed out in actionable terms right so like you know this this comes back to my opening remarks essentially of like These things have to get done in some sense, right? Because she's either making this claim about this ideal world in which everyone does have the right changes in social relations and and norms, but then we don't really have to worry about these concerns. But the luck egalitarian on their side says, wow, we can't legislate things like changes in in norms of gender or sexuality changes in norms or cultural practices. Right. This was, this is actually the very point that a lot of people today make with, with um, uh, calling for like affirmative action or some, you know, something like that we've, we've legislated racial inequality out of, out of the legal code, but we haven't actually changed the social practices of it. Right. So the luck egalitarian on their side says, Wow, the things that we want to change are actually possible to change because it does. She criticizes it as being cashed out in cold, kind of monetary or property terms. But how do you legislate for the changes that she needs in order for her system to get off the ground? On the luck egalitarian side, they can say, well, at least it's possible to do ours. But, but, well, but. I don't know
1: that that's necessarily true of like egalitarianism i don't know if it's actually true to legislate theirs you know if we're talking about like true practice well um, it's much
0: but, to, a, to a much
1: higher degree than is possible that seems fair um i don't know for sure um but what i will say is if if you look at the she doesn't explain how to get any of these at all she makes she contributes
0: like basically no but i'm but but i'm not i'm i'm saying it's impossible to like yeah but 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 <laughs> that but, I would disagree with well no but if you actually could it would be paternalism like dialed to 11 because it would be like we need to actually orchestrate we need to overcome what who people are essentially in order to get the norms and practices to the point where everyone can be equally respected in society so specifically
1: through the lens of paternalism, I, let me rephrase this. It's because there is an example we can look at. Yeah, is it paternalistic for society to legislate there must be ramps accessible f- to courtrooms?
0: Yes, but I think in a good way. Like, do you, do you think it is
1: paternalistic and therefore, like Anderson, can't address?
0: Well, no, but it's inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. Because it's saying, okay, because it's saying, look, for the people for whom this would cost a ton of money, think of everyone who owns property, like public property, you have to pay to put like accessibility ramps in, accessibility elevators, accessibility bathrooms, a ton of money. She's saying, okay, a lot of people will value keeping their money and not catering to the small percentage of the population who needs those, right? She's saying, we don't respect that value. We actually respect the value of everyone being able to operate or, or function or express their capabilities in an equal way. So yeah, that's extremely paternalistic. I think she's saying, no, you're actually wrong to hold this value. And what's more, we're going to legislate that you have to, well, you can't legislate that you have to hold this value. This gets to my other criticism. We're going to legislate that you have to spend the monetary funds to Make it possible for that value but like what what does it mean to actually like you can't legislate out a norm or a a social practice so like i i think i think her all of her proposals are parasitic on paternalism but put in practice they like go way overboard for paternalism because the luck egalitarian can say yeah all of that really really sucks but at least let's use something concrete
1: here so in the case of like someone who you know, doesn't have access to, like the capacity to walk, right? Yeah, let's go in both instances. Mm-hmm. So, clear, clearly, um, in Anderson's case, you would say something like, you know, recurrently, our society does not grant you access, you know, to those necessary, um, you know, capacity to engage in, yeah. you know, whatever public life, whatever, yeah, yada, yada. Sure, 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 and so there must be ramps and then that will allow them to access that and then to express good. themselves fully. Yeah. 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 Whatever the individual aspects are. Yeah. And then how does luck egalitarianism address this
0: luck again? Well, I don't know how, but on the basis of it, they would say this is an instance of brute luck where some people don't uh either don't benefit or suffer like what valence you want to put it right. Mm-hmm. Um, Based on, on brute luck factors. Right. And so to solve this, we can, uh, so, so the, they might say we can either compensate them or they might say, you know, we can just like create a new tax. Right. And then, and then pay to like do all of this stuff with that or, or, you know, whatever I, so, well, but, but don't, but don't, but don't hinge it on how it gets laid out. Cause I think how it gets enacted is, is open to either, um, view. But it's like, but what I'm, but like the values are, are different. And I think her values are self-contradictory.
1: With respect to paternalism, it may be, but in this case that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. if you're using the brute luck distinction, this actually excludes people who made that U-turn.
2: Where's, where's the, where's the paternalism defined again?
1: (laughs) I don't know that it fully is.
2: Yeah, can we, can we go back yeah. to that? Because I, I I guess I'm I'm just kind of lost here at this point because for me, this is not at all how I interpreted what she was talking about. Like, because I, I, I always like I the way I read this was it was paternalism with respect to hmm. seeming I have it. Well, let me let me finish sure. this talk though, but, but seeming the differences in people like whether they be like immutable qualities or just attributes of people in that it's not up for the, you know, the, like the state to decide, you know, what is, you know, a congenital um, kind of burden
3: mm-hmm. or what
2: is a boon, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it, it seems like, but you're kind of almost like taking it further and saying, okay, well, it's not up for the the state to decide which values we value. And it's like, I just, I don't see why we can't distinguish between values, but in under this model, the state doesn't distinguish and say, okay, these are, these in fact are good traits. You are lucky. Mm -hmm. These in fact are bad traits. You are unlucky. And here is money to make up for that. But I don't, I don't see why that doesn't like, I don't see how this precludes like distinguishing between good and bad values, though.
0: So uh, what I was saying is that I thought the very ways that she said luck egalitarianism was badly paternalistic, I thought that she did those same things, or they were could like you, entailed. Could you,
2: could you bring up the part where she yeah. critiques? Okay, I just, I just want to get a better understanding.
0: N- so. No, it's a, it's a good point. Um, okay, so... The other luck egalitarians agree that pure equality of fortune might have to be modified by a significant dose of paternalistic intervention to save the imprudent from the worst consequences of their choices. However, in their view, only paternalistic reasons can justify making mandatory the various universal social insurance program characteristic of modern welfare states social security, health and disability insurance, disaster relief, and so forth. Only paternalistic reasons justify meeting out individuals' basic income grants on a monthly basis rather than a lump sum upon the coming of age. Call this the problem of paternalism. I summarized that as, quote, overprotection and regulation for people's best, best interests, essentially saying, you don't know what's good for you. We are going to legislate otherwise.
2: Or even more broadly, not just that you don't know what's good for you, because there was also like, you know, I I think it's more along the ideas like like the state will take care of you. Yeah. Like, like, regardless of whether it was brute luck, um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or even like, if you were to open it up to option luck, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. you are like, because like, she brings up the problem of like, you know, the prudent.
0: And that was in the option luck. Yeah, section. Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: so it's like, okay, a, a paternalistic. The paternalistic hand of the state is the state will take care of you. Um, and that's the justification.
0: And that exact sense of we will take care of you seems to reemerge in her. We need to make sure that the social norms, back to the gays and lesbians example of hers, right? You know, that is her saying, but, but all, all I'm saying but is she, that but she
2: does bring up the fact that some of these things need to be kind of grassroots, you know organization need to kind of foster some of the you know um equality among peoples and attitudes because you're talking about an attitudinal change here and she's saying well mm-hmm. you really can't legislate and it's not up to the state to you know uh kind of coerce some attitudinal change <laughs> that that is up to people ultimately mm-hmm. for that to occur yeah um so i, I don't think but that laws
0: but laws that prevent oppression, for instance, would be something that so, so like, you know, the, the abolition of Jim Crow laws or equal, you know, e- equal rights legislation, you know, like the whatever like that case from 2015, like, you know, the the cake baker, remember? Sure. Um, I, I'm just saying that 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 seems paternalistic in the exact same ways. But all I'm saying is that's not wrong. Like, like to be paternalistic in certain ways isn't wrong.
2: I know she does comment on the role a democratic institution plays where, you know, you have an elected body Mm. that was elected by a majority of the people that then go on to enact the legislation. So is that, is that paternalistic whenever you've got
0: a body of, of of elected
2: individuals, you know what I mean? Kind of representing the people at large it's because it's, More
0: of a ground up sort of Yeah. I mean then it seems like but but doesn't it then seem like you can't end oppression and treat people as equals then? Because what if you just what if we just stipulate that we don't have to stipulate it, just rewind the clock, right? Like what if the majority of the citizens of the country had uh were in favor of segregation, like unequal segregation. What do, then mean, it's,
2: what, what, do you, what do you think that would indicate?
0: Well, I think that then she would be faced with, okay, this party wants to govern itself, right? So that's sort of like the respect, that was how she avoided the paternalism, because it's not like some external entity, like, you know, oh, we'll take care of you. But, but then that, like we have seen in the history of the U.S., is just going to be like this starkly inegalitarian outcome,
2: yeah. And so she would say that's, you know, you know, there's, you haven't achieved equality there.
0: Yeah. So, so then, so, grounding. so then I would respond, okay, so your system only works. So then she's relying on this thing that she again criticized like egalitarian for like egalitarianism for, which is like, it relies on people's like abstract, rational, best selves. Doesn't hers do the same thing then?
3: Well,
2: I mean, it just kind of depends like it's in one sense, it's like, okay, how does it get carried out versus like, what's mm-hmm. the grounding for this? So like the, the grounding for it is for achieving equalities. We want to eliminate oppression. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be, that concept needs to be divorced from how that actually happens. Right. So it's like, okay.
0: yeah. All I was saying is that that value ending oppression can be directly in conflict with her other value of, treating people as equal like tr- i take it that treating people as equal means that they get to you know live out their desires and capabilities or whatever right well
2: i think as I she don't... defines it like
0: okay well let's, let's how, go how like, is let's that go yeah. exactly
2: how she defines
0: yeah it. yeah please please please
2: it was the really wordy
0: uh it was the where she mentioned Kant right underneath it
2: this would be uh... Page 313, I believe. Okay. okay. So, second, democratic equality is what I shall call a relational theory of equality. If you use equality as a social relationship, equality of fortune is a distributive theory of equality. It conceives of equality as a pattern of distribution, okay? Thus, equality of fortune, let's, let's skip that here. Um. Okay. Here's the contrast. Yeah. Yeah, By contrast. Exactly. By contrast, democratic equality regards two people as equal when each, when each accepts the obligation Mm -hmm. to justify their actions.
0: By principles acceptable to the other. And that is where, okay. By principles acceptable to the other. This is where she's either relying on this like really abstract version of like people's best rational selves or it's entirely self-contradictory because all you have to do is grant the possibility that the majority of the country or the nation of the, the state that she's describing doesn't hold egalitarian values. Then what? Like she, if what she's saying is if everyone has the right values, then this is how it should play out. Then yeah, sure. But like, do you, do you get, do you get like my criticism there? Cause she says, Okay. By contrast, democratic equality regards two people as equal when each accepts the obligation to justify their actions by principles acceptable to the other. Two thumbs up when we're lucky enough that that happens, right? So, that's, so I take it that an instance of that would be me saying, I'm not particularly attracted to men, but, it would, but I do not want to restrict the freedom of men who are attracted to other men to engage in any any relation social context in which someone's relationship would be relevant marriage, at, um, adoption, right? Like those things. Yeah. Okay. Boom. That's a pr- all works it out. accepted by the other. But what if I'm a homophobe and and the majority of the country is right? Then you're put in a position where the after the when in that sentence uh, isn't fulfilled. Okay, so then what? So then I'm saying the, the, the rational thing to do there would be paternalistic, saying we don't respect, you know, we're not actually going to allow you to um, express your values or what you want to see happen in that way because it's unjust.
2: Right, I just I'll I just tweet. don't see because I, I think no. like, the goal is to like move toward that. I mean, think about like the like the okay. majority of people like you interact with in your own life, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Where obviously it's a select few, right? But sure. the way you view others and the way they view you is like you know they 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 respect the justifications that you give for your own life mm-hmm. and your friends, you know, don't view you as. Unequal, so you might say, okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that that relationship doesn't occur between everybody. No, of course not, but certainly the country is moving in that direction where lots of people in this country at this point yeah. can recognize differences and different justifications, but can respect and understand different justifications. So it's like, is it for the state to mandate that everybody respect each other and you know and understand yeah,
0: of course each not. other's yeah. But
2: no, yeah. but I think that's certainly a I. A, an honorable goal for equality, where it's like we're kind of, of moving in that direction. So, uh, yeah,
0: but and, what I'm saying is, I don't understand how her view. I totally. The weird thing is, is like I totally agree with how this gets expressed, but I don't know how she's grounding that because, like, like essentially, when I so the example you just gave, like you know, our country, the U.S., is moving in that direction. Yeah, right. But, but. It seems to me that that is expressing at least a comfortableness, a like a very a very comfortable nature of being paternalistic towards the mm. minority in that in those situations.
1: Can I maybe offer a comparison that might be useful?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So I think democratic equality is the goal, and the goal in itself does not involve paternalism. She does not actually make any claims about how to get there. That may yeah. involve paternalism. It may be inevitably involving paternalism. I think what she's saying is mm-hmm. the, the goal of luck egalitarianism has to invoke paternalism, whereas the goal of democratic equality is not, even if getting there would. Does that make sense? When, with luck
0: egalitarianism, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, distributive yeah, makes
1: sense. and that requires... Wait, wait, okay, that
0: makes sense. But, yeah. ha- but how, does, how does luck egalitarianism... Exert. Uh, uh, how does luck egalitarianism have intrinsic to it paternalism, in a way that her view doesn't? Though that's what I'm confused about.
1: Well, the point of the equality of fortune is like the equality of the distribution of goods, and you can't, yeah. you cannot possibly distribute the goods um with like well assess and you know redistribute the goods. Yeah, yeah. Without, without invoking paternalism, because it involves a state. I mean, it has because
0: to. even, okay, wait, wait. because even in a, I take it that what you're saying is even in a, even in the situation where everyone does have the right attitudes, there's still going to be disparities in luck, right? And so in that, the paternalism comes out in that there has to be like this intrinsic pitying of people who are worse off. Yeah, the only way inherently that
1: luck egalitarianism can, can do the thing that its goal is to do has to involve paternalism now in terms of like getting there i think that's Mm -hmm. actually you you've made it clear that i don't think you can (laughs) not invoke paternalism when you're saying like trying to get you right when you're trying to get to democratic equality you you kind of have to and like i think all she is saying in this paper is this is the goal Mm. and the goal itself doesn't involve paternalism and then if you would maybe ask her like okay but If we want to get there as a society, like, you know, in the conceivable future, will it involve paternalism on the part of like any entity? And she'll probably say, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what she would say. She might reframe it. But I mean, it, it seems inconceivable to me that you could actually say no to that. Yeah. Otherwise you're just waiting, I, 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 you're just waiting yeah. for things to align. Give, <laughs> I think I you and I
2: are on the same page. I definitely agree with that perspective at this
1: point. No, Jordan, so, I'm really glad you brought that up. Cause I actually did, it wasn't clear to me until we really hashed that out. And it unfortunately it does kind of hinge on that I, long sentence on
3: 313.
0: Yeah. I just worry that she's almost making a very circular claim. I, I just worry that she's making the claim that when people have the right attitudes this is the system that we get to live in. And she's right about that claim. I just don't think that that claim says a lot.
1: I mean, it doesn't really, she doesn't address a lot of things. Like she could definitely have written like another 50 pages on like what to do when we don't have democratic equality. Yeah. And that could involve paternalism to the nth degree, like you've described. But this is kind of just saying, this paper is basically, hey, luck egalitarians, which have dominated the literature, your goal is not the goal. And one of those reasons that it shouldn't mm-hmm. be the goal is because it has to invoke paternalism because yeah. the goal itself involves like state reallocation of goods. Does that make sense? I, I feel like that's yeah a pretty acceptable definition.
0: Yeah, I I guess maybe where I'm kind of landing is that I guess I just view... I guess I'm in a weird position because I view... I guess I'm kind of viewing like luck egalitarianism and her democratic egalitarianism. Like neither of those are the base value for me. It's like it's like well-being and suffering is the base value. So then, like, what practical system best um, results but, 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 in but, that? But,
2: but, but hang on, I, I gotta make this point though. But that but that's why it's in, like she incorporates like the role of the government here, where it's like mm-hmm. okay under your system or i guess i'll, I'll be in with her system under her system mm-hmm. when someone born with a club foot is you know is treated well and respected by everyone in society and the government provides a few key resources that ensure that everyone in society is an equal citizen mm-hmm. What role does the government have then to compensate that person born with the club foot under your system or under lucky galaxy? Well, they already
0: have compensated them, right? But just like not, they haven't cut them a check, but they've they've compensated them in that they've legislated and built a society such that that person can be an equal member, right? Well,
2: I mean, sort of in the sense that like, yeah, I mean, you can still, you can build things like, you know ramps, yeah, and allow a person to function, you know, within society fairly All, well, mm-hmm. but but there is still like some deeply unequal thing about being born with a club. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay,
2: so it's like, okay, under um, luck egalitarianism,
3: mm-hmm.
2: would you be compensated for that brute luck there, regardless of how well society? at large, sort of accommodates your issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that that would be paternalistic in a bad sense to do that. But I think that that's kind of... Uh, but isn't that just like the really just worst version of luck egalitarianism? Like, I, I mean, my question completely... is... I guess, I guess my question is like, she ha- she didn't make it clear in the paper to me why everything that she proposes can't be done congruently by the luck egalitarian like like she gave really good examples of bad luck egalitarians do you know what i mean but like why if you broaden the conception of luck like the tiniest bit and i don't think in like a disingenuous way you it seems like you get everything that she wants right like because all you have to grant is that you know someone with a clubbed foot like, which is better, to be born in a clubbed foot, <laughs> to be born in a clubbed foot? <laughs> what a horrible existence! I'm sorry. Like, what would she have
1: to say about that? I'm sorry. Yeah. What well, can, <laughs> can
3: her view handle that counter
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: The case of the born in club foot.
2: <laughs> He lives and dies within the clubbed foot. Don't
0: you understand? Where is
2: democratic equality he should, he should be compensated. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, before I lose this point, before I lose this point. You're um, the dollar. <laughs> before I lose this point, please. Uh, okay, is it, is it better to be born with a clubbed foot in a world that doesn't allow you to really kind of be a full person? There's no accessibility ramps, yada, yada, right? Um, but you're compensated monetarily for your losses. Or is it, and I think the answer is obvious, is it better to be born with a clubbed foot in a world where you don't get monetary benefits, but uh, through the use of monetary benefits, monetary resources, the world has been shaped such that you can live at the same kind of functional level as everyone else, even though you're still born out of that, right? I, I just don't understand, wait, okay, it's obviously better for the second world. Right. Mm-hmm. And I understand how I, I, the... I, I
2: disagree with the setup though.
0: Well, do you know where it's going? Well, I, I, it, it, but way I, way I already
2: way. rejected at this point because both worlds, they have the ramps and everything in place. right? No, like, no,
0: I wasn't saying that. I, no, I'm, I'm oh. saying
2: it has to be that way. Cause I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to like concede that distinction there. I'm going to say that like, Let's take out that variable entirely. Both worlds they can function equally. Okay, okay. Like the both both in, in both worlds.
0: And in one and in world B, you're compensated for your bad luck monetarily. In world A, you're not.
2: In World A you're not, but in World A, everybody, you know, views you as an equal mm-hmm. in in all in all respects. But in world but in the first world where you're monetarily compensated, they don't. Because Isn't that you're, no, you're, you're actually you're actually kind of a pitied person. In fact, you're like you're someone that the state needs to take care of, needs to compensate for being born, you know, with this congenital, you know, abnormality. Even if it, it, it's, a mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a perspective difference, it's a perspective difference.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so you're making the claim that by giving them money, it just is a fact that if we know, if we live in a world in which Accessibility is not a not a problem. Yeah, it's just a fact of our psychology that we will pity people who receive additional aid on top of that.
2: Yeah, and they'll pity themselves. Yeah,
0: I think. It's well, I think it's more, more like envy. the state is invoking pity in any. its redistribution. Invoking pity in its redistribution. Um, right. Like in in that, the, in
1: the, imagine that they both have. Like, wait, actually, point. let
0: me just concede that point. Cool. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. In that extremely idealized world um I just don't understand okay so if that's all she's saying I agree with it but I thought she was saying more than that like I I,
1: I think she's saying that explains well with a paternalism point it's like you know that's not there in this case because the state never had to come in and say well this is a you know this is bad luck for you
0: wait hold on hold on Adam Adam's point is it precisely right And she should not bring in cultural, anything cultural about that then.
2: Yeah, I I think it's really a perspective difference. A perspective Mm, change here. But she didn't
0: make, but to be honest, I think she didn't make the point in the way that you just did, where you actually have to lay out that psychological fact. Like you actually, and she doesn't do, I think she makes her case in a really poor way then. Mm. Like, because that, what you just added to her proposal is not present in there. Like you have to you have to stipulate that the end goal is you have to you actually have to give that thought experiment essentially, like for the point to land.
2: I I think I think you do. Um just because it honestly took like two hours of talking about this for everything kind of kind of crystallize. <laughs> but it does make sense that she's saying, like, okay, just here are all like the the problems of compensating an individual like this. Here are the you know, the paternalism issue, the pity mm. issue. And it's like, wouldn't it in fact just be better if there was just a perspective change yeah. in society? And that's what we're aiming for ultimately. But, than-
0: but but she can't phrase it like that, right? She's gotta say, wouldn't it be better? Because we can't legislate attitudes for us to just change society such that people of all luck outcomes are able to nullify those luck outcomes. Cause she she it looks like she like disabuses luck actually her proposal is like corely absorbing luck but she's right but she's just trying to negate it in a way that actually respects people's autonomy
1: better Well, the right kinds of luck also she's defining the correct spaces that's relevant
0: yeah but a egalitarian has that open to them too it's like i think she's well okay now i actually understand where i what i think i think she shoots herself in the foot essentially with the way she puts puts the argument together
1: I'm curious how well like our reading of this has been informed by our previous, um, well, two like arcs on morality, mm-hmm. and um, because I I don't I'm curious if we had read that with read this without those if we would have the same kind of objections. Um,
0: Maybe, but I I, I,
1: I I think I mean it's over fifty pages. It's
0: going to be impossible to, to for it to crystallize super easily. Um, I agree, but 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 to be honest, like, don't you think it would actually be a much more reasonable proposal if she said look you know luck egalitarians are largely right but they actually miss something crucial in focusing on um um physical or property uh or monetary ways to absolve differences in luck but the they're distributions actually of goods yeah. yeah thank you that was yeah distributions of goods but they're actually quite right that it's abhorrent to us that people can be made to suffer due to bad luck. But here's a better way to actually resolve that in a way that conserves everything that luck egalitarianism rightly has to offer. Instead of talking about Rakowski's like, (laughs) let them die on the streets, right? She should have said that and say, look, in a world in which someone who's born with a clubbed foot is able to live as an equal, they shouldn't get Uh, A monetary compensation, not because they don't deserve it, because they still might might actually, but it would actually be worse for them, because of the way it would affect their social interactions, which on an Aristotelian kind of like function as a person view is actually more at the core of what it means to live as as a human being. Thus, she's almost like a strand of luck egalitarianism, but in like a more holistic way. She's like a holistic luck egalitarianism, which if that's her view, Sign me up on the dotted line at this point. I think she shoots herself in the foot of how she argues for it. I don't know that she would, she would be a strand of luck egalitarianism. Well, I think theoretically her view is actually, but based on what I just said. Well, I I thought I understood everything you were
1: saying until you made that claim. And I didn't see how that followed.
0: I think it's a strand of luck egalitarianism in that it was, it, it, it's motivation is based on, uh, she's a strand of brute luck, uh, uh, egalitarianism because her, her whole thing is like, um, look, you know, she focuses on very brute luck issues, right? She focuses on deafness. She focuses on sexual orientation. She focuses on disabilities, right? Those are extremely brute luck things. Um, Cause you don't choose any of those presumably, but uh, she, all, all she does. And I actually, I wish you would have, if this is what she means, it's, t- it's it's actually really really good. All she's doing is saying, "Look, this narrow way of compensating people with distributions of goods is so callously narrow that it doesn't actually allow people to flourish as human beings with all the functions that they have."
2: But, exactly. It's, yeah. it's more about it's more about society's perspective about you know, different peoples it's, here. Yeah, is what we're actually like aiming to achieve, rather than some just. Some monetary compensation for what we deem to be unlucky. Yeah, so, and I actually
0: think it's based on the same concerns that luck egalitarians have, but she goes about writing those in a completely different way. I think that's where I would disagree.
1: I don't think it is the same concern because luck egalitarians, by definition, are concerned with the
0: the luck and the distribution of goods. Well, no, where she says that that's but don't don't, but but the distribution of goods is the way that they solve the problem. She wants to solve, I think, the- I'm no. talking theoretically. Well, she I think it? theoretically, they
1: actually view that as the problem. They say but there is, we can identify brute and option luck, and there is a distribution of goods that is unequal, and the goal is to correct that unequal distribution.
0: It's and- not logically entailed, though. Like, like, noticing that there are differences in brute and option luck does not logically entail solving them with a distribution of goods. That is a way to solve that issue, she should frame her alternative as a better way to solve that issue, and entailed in that, in solving the issue of brute luck in that way, uh, that the, the manner in which you solve it is actually what brings on board the respecting people as equals and not oppressing people and preventing oppression.
2: I think I agree more with Giffen, though, because no, because oh, Giffen, no, 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 Giffen, Giffen's saying this, he's saying, like, okay. I don't even. We don't even think that she would view it through that lens, though, because you're saying. I, I think you're still caught up in saying, like, okay, if someone's born with the club foot,
3: mm-hmm. it's
2: kind of unfortunate they're born <laughs> pretty with the unlucky, club foot. yeah. <laughs> but but she's not even looking at it there through that perspective. She's saying,
3: mm-hmm.
2: in fact, the issue those people face,
0: yeah, it's is not the with oppression. the club foot.
2: You know, it's it's the oppression and the the fact that others don't view them as equal. It, mm-hmm. that, that is the issue. When they encounter well, other people in it, society, they don't, in fact, like, you know, view that person as
0: an equal citizen. But but, lar- of, but, but, but I'm sorry, because uh, I think what she was saying is like more concretely, it's that society is not set up in a way that they can act as equals, right?
2: In some areas, because like it, it's, it depends it's social, because it, exactly. Which social- involves the
0: institutions, of course,
1: but not. Is not just the institutions but what exactly. i'm saying is perspective yeah and
2: then there's also like the government institutions and what they need to do to ensure that all citizens are I you know really, in equal standard yeah.
0: i really think she sets it up in the wrong way then i think she should set it up as oh i just i guess i hugely disagree with setting it up that way then so well, she yeah but,
1: i think that my, one of the problems is we're reading this in like you know 2022 where this paper was written in 99, specifically addressing the most popular view of the time. Which I don't think that I mean, entails the... I, I, well, I mean, I'm it sure. explains why she is talks so long about lucky egalitarianism and that's the point of contraction instead of just <sighs> stating her positive claim.
0: Giff, and we got to remember, this is like a work of philosophy though. So she should be getting at, okay, what are like the core motivations and what do they logically entail? Not how have these been contemporarily like done because that that's more like political theory like what tends to correlate with what like uh what she should say i think this is more theoretically parsimonious she should say look luck egalitarians have identified a problem in brute luck right now let's table option luck for now because that's more complicated yeah um she should say The luck egalitarians have rightly pointed out a massive flaw in our society with brute luck, in that if you are born in what we call unlucky ways, you have a worse life. Now, nothing, now that's a problem. The way that luck egalitarians have contemporarily gone about solving that is a distribution of goods. I don't think, I'm speaking as her, that logically follows. A, A given solution does not logically follow. Uh, from that, that problem. The problem's right. The way that they try to solve it is wrong. I want to propose a new solution to the problem of brute luck as luck egalitarians have have laid it out. And I want to call that uh, democratic equality where to truly uh, solve the issues of bad fortune or, or bad luck, right? That entails not being compensated Precisely because you don't actually get to flourish in all of the ways you would if society, because that's the only thing, uh, we, we can't legislate people's attitudes. So what can we legislate? We can legislate what the material accessibility of people, uh, of, of people born of all you know types is right. So that's the way that is a, that's a concrete way in which we can actually solve these issues, uh, what am i making any sense or not what is the smile for
1: <laughs> no no you
0: you, you are but I, I
2: i still think
0: i don't know given so, yeah what, so what this is saying. what I identified
1: jordan whenever you were laying out from mm-hmm. anderson's perspective you said like i agree with the problem disagree with the way to go about it mm-hmm. i think she doesn't disagree she actually does disagree with the problem she does not think that the brute luck is the problem but
0: okay, okay yeah, yeah I understand yeah, just, there you go
2: thank you not wait, exactly. wait okay exactly. I think that
0: wait, no, I think that it's actually deeply entailed in the way she goes about solving it, okay, explain because I we might be here okay, the golden land she's saying that it's actually not r- repeat your you' you were saying repeat what you just said
1: you, okay, I'll, I'll just repeat the whole thing. you were speaking for Anderson and saying like
0: she should say oh she no no skip to the end it's not actually a problem of luck
1: yeah. Okay, the lucky Gallitarians identify it as a problem of luck. Anderson does not at all, so the yes. problem is not the same.
0: Okay, I totally disagree. I With think Anderson or
1: our characterization of Anderson. You,
0: well, it, it, neither. I think I'm making. a am saying theoretically entailed in trying to solve that. She she actually is implicitly saying that luck is an issue because she's saying that. She might be,
1: actually. I think she is saying luck is an issue. I don't think she's saying it's the problem. Yeah, it, yeah not, I,
2: okay. I, I, I still agree with Giffen. That, that,
1: that, that's exactly the point. Like we're trying to brute make luck. luck. I think she would agree that in all the cases relevant, brute luck probably plays a role. But we should not be targeting brute luck.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Here's oh, oh, okay, okay. In her, okay, in the world in which everyone's accessibility is the same. Mm -hmm. is it still better or worse to be born with a clubbed foot?
1: Well, that's the thing is Anderson's framework. She would probably argue doesn't need to answer that question because they have the equal things, but lucky egalitarianism by definition. No, no, no. I I don't
0: care about lucky egalitarianism for a minute. Oh, on her view. Is it, can you, once you've established, I think it's preposterous because look,
1: it's not that they, it's not that she's saying they are like, it's, it's not worse. She's saying it's not relevant to equality. Once you have given like... It's the- not
0: relevant to political equality. But again,
2: it's, it's cheap, that's it's not cheap disavowing... There are going to be differences between people, and yes. there's, people are going to be born into good and bad luck. So, you're still going to have, under either system, you're still going to have people that are born into like a billionaire family that's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that is like the like the handsomest, smartest <laughs> devil in the world. <laughs> the <laughs> the I Musk mean, the, the the
0: like, family, Jordan B. world.
2: And so, you're going to have like, obviously, people are going to be born with like, you know, good and bad luck. Yeah. But the idea is like, there's no like absolute bad luck and no absolute good luck.
0: I disagree like, with that. Uh,
2: uh, are you? Yeah. But, but, but here's the thing. Even in
0: her world. Like, like, yeah.
2: But no. But here's the thing. Like, I, I actually really enjoyed that one thought experiment, which she kind of tore apart where she talked about, or I, I forget exactly whose view this is. It might have been Dworkin's. I don't know. But it was the one where you compare person A to person B and you compare all their attributes. Mm-hmm. And um, someone could be almost viewed as like profoundly unlucky if they're just beating.
0: Oh, out. Oh, oh yeah. Attribute.
2: I can promise all three of us right here that there are people in the world who beat us out in almost in every-, every single yes. attribute. <laughs> yes. Like if you go to like every Harvard one. Medical School's website right now, yes. go through maybe like their graduating class. You'll find just like an... There will be identity.
0: someone who is more athletic, who's smarter, who has better relationships, who's happier, like F-
3: everything.
1: Yes.
2: yes.
0: Yes. Like, All the way down. Are you
2: profoundly unlucky for not being that guy? Yes. I, I, are you? I mean, you're so much better than a lot of other people. Are you not? Are you profoundly yeah. unlucky for not being that guy?
0: You can separate that claim from the political... And societal mechanism by which we, because we can't remedy that deep of luck, right? No, we, well, we, lucky we, no, we, we, is, we can't remedy it
1: within I, their realm. I, to, I, I couldn't hear. Yes, um, can you repeat what? that, that that's I, what I was gonna in say. the case of that like superhuman, the Oberman, um, the Uber from Harvard medical, yeah. yeah, from the Harvard Medical School. As long as like the the framework of equality has been reached. Anderson is done with respect to equality, but luck egalitarians would still have to step in and say, there is an unequal distribution of goods and it is within our realm to correct this.
0: No, right? oh, I think that would that's still a be concerned man. with the dullards. I think that that is still, okay. It's absolutely still a, like a, like a concern that they could have, but, but it's not like they wouldn't, there's not like a pluralistic sense of a luck egalitarian, right? Where like anything short, if she's saying, if she's saying, like right it's a straw man of luck egalitarianism to say that it has to be like a Harrison Bergeron world right like do you guys know that short story like no. Kurt the like Kurt Vonnegut out oh. like like a quality of out or, or, or um, like um the, the exact a quality of outcome is a bad world obviously right where yeah. everyone is equal in exactly the same ways that's like the Harrison Bergeron story mm-hmm. um but that's a straw i think that that's like a straw man like to say that uh, luck egalitarians, uh, like, is she saying that they like their their worldview kind of degenerates into that, or it's like logically entailed? Because I don't follow. Like, I don't think that that follows. I well, think certainly that like,
2: guy's view did.
0: Who's uh, like, whoever,
2: whoever put forward that that uh, that model? I
0: don't. Where I someone don't know. Should be compensated
2: can't, really? Can't it-
0: can't you say? Wait, wait. Is it? Isn't it logically congruent to say it's true? that I'm, in a deep sense, unlucky not to be better in every way that I am. But it's also true to say that it's not necessarily that we want to enact a political system that negates all of those. Why is that? I think that's so, Anderson's so, model.
2: So, so do, we, do we find the, the perfect person in this country and then anybody who's not them, we're going to compensate to some degree Uh, depending on how far away they are, it's like, okay. That's not what I was was saying, though. No, but but under this model, you said, okay, under that model that was put forward, that she critiques, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, uh, someone might say, okay, do you want to be Jordan or that guy? That guy. (laughs) Okay, what if you get a million dollars and you're Jordan? Someone's like, okay, I I might take that. I think I'd take that. Done. But it's like, do you want to be that guy the guy with no legs, with like one eye, you know, what I mean, who's like also has like mental deficiencies. It's like, it might take a trillion, you know, what I mean. Like, it might take yeah. a trillion dollars to like, you know, uh, to live that life.
1: Um, so, and it's the project of luck egalitarianism to make that happen.
0: Mm, I don't think that that's logically entailed. I think I just think that she picks the worst luck egalitarians. Like okay, so, in the view of Lucky Galitzin, her view, of course, is totally reasonable. But that's because she contrasts it to like Radagalski's... or Raskolnikov's, like, no, <laughs> Ra- she, she like, like <laughs> Rasputin's <laughs> worldview. Like this is, <laughs> I'm fucking brained at this point. I I need to think about this more. But like, I honestly think that her view m- m- makes theoretical. It it makes more. It's more theoretically parsimonious if you actually view it in a completely different way than she does. I, I here's okay. Here's my current position, and I and I'll actually like listen to this when I'm editing this episode because it's going to need a hell of a lot of uh, editing. But I'm curious. Like, here's my current view, and I'm I'll actually update you guys. You know, months from now in the future, or whatever, whenever I'm like done with all this. Um, I think that her conclusion is right in like 95% of the ways that she does it. But I think that her argumentation for it is sloppy. And it do, her conclusions don't actually follow because of the way she argues for it. I think that the way I laid it out is more parsimonious. I don't know. That's, that's currently where I am. So we don't I, dive
2: back in, you know, it's almost midnight. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But
0: we should make our we should make final our thoughts. final thoughts. That's my final. I was, was going to say that's probably your That's final my thought. final thought.
2: And my and again,
0: th- like I don't know, I don't know this literature, so I'm open to changing my mind about that.
1: Yeah, I
2: think I ultimately agree with her um, in the sense that I don't believe that we should view uh, immutable characteristics in people as either pitiable conditions or you know, things to be uh, or reasons to compensate individuals and rather there needs to be or we should aim for a societal perspective shift in which we view others as equals, we respect differences and the government plays a role as insofar as to ensure equal citizenry and it, it shouldn't go any further than that. I think that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess my final thoughts are this paper provided a lot of great vocabulary, both that like she creates and also critiques from previous literature. That's just super interesting and useful. Um, I uh, definitely agree with her critique of like egalitarianism insofar as the goal of egalitarianism, you know, should be what she lays out as like the end of like the positive and negative things she lays out, depending on how she defines certain specific aspects. Um, And her democratic equality while it needs a lot of explanations, especially for certain terms, um, seems to be a worthy goal and addresses some of many of the problems of luck egalitarianism as you laid out.
0: Okay, nice. I look forward to editing this, even though it's going to be an absolute bear. That must be so. awful, honestly. Yeah, this, this, well, <laughs> that, given you, this well, one. You want me to compensate you
1: for this. I will, I,
0: I'm a, I was, <laughs> It's bad brute luck
1: that I have to edit this. <laughs> Does Anderson care though?
0: She well Rakowski certainly <laughs> doesn't.
2: <laughs> the answer is just no. Yeah, he does care. Rakowski cares.
0: Well that's true. Actually, Rakowski cares. Actually, um, no, wait, no, this is no, option luck. Yeah, yeah,
1: he wouldn't care. <laughs> he can't care. If any possible thing could have converted to option luck. It is just outside the ball game. I, Bro, I was, I was laughing earlier because
2: of this. I looked up uh hang on, my way here. This is Rakowski here. <laughs>
1: Oh hey, way zoomed in for me. He
2: looks exactly uh, like what his views are.
1: <laughs> leave him. Leave him, boys. Leave, leave them to die. <laughs> he could have had insurance. <laughs> was, you, you know what? He had to comment uh, I, on the barriers to getting the insurance. Like
0: It was an option. <laughs> you, you know what's actually a fatal flaw with obviously Rakowski's already flawed view too? You can spin anything as option luck. You can spin. And, yeah. Like, it's so easy to from just that, reduce anything to option luck. Yeah, from that conversation,
1: I thought it was very interesting, especially from, like, an economics perspective, that you could, with a new vocabulary, convert brute luck to option luck. That is actually very interesting um, and has consequences yeah. for, like, policy. Yeah. But Rokowski's a monster. We're going to provide for this...
3: Oh, go, 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 go
1: <laughs> He's like, if it's conceivable that there was an option presented to you and with no regard to like what the barriers to that option were, you simply have lost your privilege for it's any like, kind of compensation.
0: Because this view is like unfalsifiable. It's like you could have overcome almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> is it conceivable? Is it like is even if it
1: is only one in a quadrillion? Like every single atom in the universe had to align. Was it? Was it a, an available option? Like, yeah. Sorry,
0: I. I just thought that I don't remember the actual name of this fallacy, but it's something. It's like you know, contrasting a reasonable alternative with extremely unreasonable ones is, yeah, it makes your and her and her proposal is extremely reasonable. I just don't think that I I, like. I think my entire issue with this episode was like I didn't think that she. I didn't think that her grounding for her claim was logically entailing its conclusion, even though it was reasonable. Right? Like that. I guess that was my whole issue with it.
2: I'm just too brain dead to even continue. Oh, at I'm. This point. I'm. I'm really brain dead
0: at this point. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Plato's Cave. Um, I always enjoy discussing topics with uh, with these two guys. So if you want to um, support the show in any way, you can do so simply by sharing it. Uh, I'm hoping to get this show out to more people. Uh, and so if you want to share it on Twitter or social media, that would really help me. Uh, you can also rate it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Like this video if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe uh, via Apple Podcasts or an RSS feed. Uh, You can also discuss it on your own show and link back uh, to my website. Or you can connect me uh, with recommended guests or topics to cover. Uh, You can get in contact with me at Plato's Cave Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan underscore C underscore Myers. And I now have a website for my philosophy endeavors at jordanmyers.org. If you want to know a little bit more about me and my fellow co hosts, um, as I said in the introduction, I'm a master's student in philosophy at the University of Houston. I did my undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, where I studied mechanical engineering and philosophy. And now that I'm back at school, I'm hoping to more closely study uh, moral responsibility, free will, ethics, epistemology, and moral psychology. Those are topics that I was uh, introduced to and got really interested in in my undergrad work. So uh, Adam and Giffen accompanied me on this show. And Adam is uh, one of my oldest friends. We actually met in kindergarten Um, and we've been interested in philosophical topics for as long as we can remember and in a lot of ways it's been the basis of our friendship. Uh, Adam studied chemistry and biology at Cornell and he is currently working at a law firm Um, and he's especially interested in moral responsibility as well but also law, religion, and free will. Uh, Giffen is also one of my oldest friends and Uh, We've been friends since elementary school as well. Um, Giffen studied biology and economics at RPI, and now he works in human health research. Uh, He believes that there's very interesting overlap between both of his fields of study and philosophy, and he's particularly interested in exploring political philosophy. So this series was right up his alley. Um, And with, uh, with all of that information, Again, I hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode and I hope that you get in contact with me or or follow my work in any way that you uh, deem reasonable to do. So with that, thank you for listening.